everybody. Welcome to Street Fight Radio, the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. It's Wednesday night, time for a motherfucking street fight. Thanks for being here. Happy to see all of you people here in the chat. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter, what's up? Thanks for being here. And, you know, we're doing it every single week, 9 p.m. Well, but not next week. We'll get into that. But you can find our show uh, every single Wednesday and Sunday night. We do our live stream. We've been doing it for like almost nine years now. I'm going to switch to nine. It's a turn to eight, but we've hit the point where it's nine. Uh, But it's been a while. We've been doing the show, and we're going to be taking our first break uh, after this. This is our last show uh, for the next few weeks. We're not going to leave you without a show. We got a plan of we got a whole slew of guest shows coming in, and uh, Brian will explain more of that later. If you want to get more of what we do and support the show and everything, head over to patreon.com, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash streetfightradio. There you can sign up for a monthly donation. It's hat comes out on the first. Just consider it as part of your rent. Like if your boss char- if your landlord charge you five more dollars per month for rent, you can get access to our live videos our digital zines, and all of our bonus audio shows. So please consider going and doing that so we can help spread this mess across the U.S. Today in the studio, we have a very special guest uh, from the Garbage University podcast, Drew Toothpaste. Hey, what's up? Glad to to be here, yeah. It's a fucking party. It's the day before vacation. Yeah, it is. This last day of school, yeah. Cracking cold ones, right? Right, right, exactly. Brett, I gotta ask you. We gotta. Like, I'm gonna take a. Mo- I'm gonna take a larger than usual dab too. Okay. We have a few little bits of housekeeping, but the first thing I want to bring up on this show is that I quit my job at the cable company in what I believe to be 2007. Okay, and I I quit that job after a two week vacation, two weeks off. The day I'm supposed to be back, I quit. Okay. Uh, since then. I haven't had a week before vacation in 13 years. You mean like when you're getting ready, you're like <laughs> sending all the emails like, hey, uh, hey, Angie, just want to let you know I'm not going to be here next week. So let's go ahead and wrap that up. Yeah. Right? When, like when you would go to work with your sandals in your pocket, like in, in your backpack, <laughs> like, mom, put these sandals on when I get out of here. That's right. what I'm talking about. You, you know, you brought a fucking beer in your <laughs> laptop bag yeah. for and the I, train ride home. I have been feeling so good this week. It's like, oh, you know, one more day and I don't have to record now we're doing the show this is the last show in the basement that we have to do for three weeks again two shows a week me and gwen and brett the wife show uh kumar salahe um fucking leslie lee the third a q a show and then whatever brett decides to do for the sixth one will will they will all be here in these three weeks so you will not be missing out on shows. i think i've decided i'm not going to announce it until i send the dms but i think it's going to be a full it's going to be a podcast merger that has been needed to happen for a long time awesome okay yeah. so there's that and then and then uh so once that's done uh once tonight is done we have a live show this friday in columbus ohio we're calling it Street Fight Homecoming. <laughs> it is our homecoming. We haven't been the big... We we did a going away party a, over a year ago, or about a year ago, uh, for Gross City Erica. We only did about a half hour material, and we kind of just partied with everybody. 
And then uh, we did the Chapo show, and we haven't done anything alone. A real big show in Columbus. So come to it. It's Friday, the 29th. Um, I mean, it's pretty much sold out at this point. If you're watching the live stream, go buy tickets now at store.streetfireradio.com because I doubt you'll get in otherwise. So, yeah, we're, we're going to be here. Uh, we're going to be doing this live show. We're going to walk off stage onto vacation. And I just, I wish we would have done this earlier. Because of vacation, it's not because of the vacation. I am excited to not talk into a microphone for three weeks, even though my family's taking bets on how long it takes me to talk into a microphone during this three weeks. <laughs> I went in on that action. <laughs> I got money. <laughs> I know. I got extra do. money to lose. I'm not gonna fucking do it, dude. I'm not. I can take a vacation. You just fucking wait. I will not even get. I haven't even set. I've told everybody that's asked me to guest <laughs> that they have to ask me after the July 17th because I'm not even going to be a guest on a podcast. I did my last guest appearance on No Prank Radio last night with Chris James. I came on and talked to him, answered some questions. No more. None. I'm not doing any more. But then my family's like, you can't live without talking into a microphone. It's like the oxygen you breathe. <laughs> so who knows what happens? Yeah, I might do one. And in um, more f- uh, news, the, this is the housekeeping. This is uh, Sunday night. We did the call-in show. And uh, f- feeling very confident. Uh, I had $360 in the bank. Okay. I went grocery shopping Sunday. And me and my wife said, we won't go to the store again until at least Thursday. Right? Now, for longtime listeners, you know... That uh, four days without going to the store would be a monumental task yeah. in the Quinby house. Brian goes every single day. Every single day. And uh, I also said that by the end of this week, I wanted to have $300 in my bank account. Okay. $300. So $60 to get me through until Thursday. All my food's bought. Everything's already taken care of. Really possible, right? Is that pretty possible? I mean, not the way you eat. No, not, well, yeah, and not the way I spend. But, right. But for, I mean, would you guys be able to do that? If you went and bought all your groceries, all your dinners, all your breakfast, and then you had $60 to live on for four oh, days. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you meant $60 for groceries for no, no, four no, days. No, I'm going to no, say, no, no, I don't think I can do that. I'm saying, so do you think you would be able to do yes. not to be able to end the week? How much money do you ah, think no. you would have by Thursday? This this whole thing starts on Sunday. Drew, how much I, of the $60 would you have on Thursday? And you're talking Sunday. Sunday, Sunday to Thursday, Thursday. sixty dollars. All your food's taken care of. Fifteen dollars like, a day. Which here's is pathetic. But here's what I would do: is I would like plan it all out, and I'd be like, I got this stuff in the house. I have enough coffee, in in all this and all that for but the coffee, first, cream, sugar. All that's there. All that's <laughs> for in your the house. first for the first two days. I would be like, I'm doing it for the first two days. I would spend zero. Mm-hmm. The third day I would fuck up. Third day would be sixty. Fourth day would be misery day. Where you're like, I wish I had that sixty dollars. I'd spend it differently. I would. No, I'd so absolutely. Yeah, that's honest. You're, you're right. Saying Dave, sixty dollars. Dave and Buster's. I would fuck up. Yeah. yeah. You do yeah. Dave and Buster's oh, on Wednesday dude, I for fucking, half price day. And oh, I didn't even. Do I, dude, I didn't even tell you. I did the. Brett gave me the tip. Uh huh. 
He gave me the tip Tuesday. You fuel the Dave and Buster's car, 20 bucks. Gets you $40 worth Gets of credits. Gets you $40 worth of credits. You go in on Wednesday, they double you up again. So you get 80 bucks worth of Dave and Busting. And you know what I did? You know the ball drop machine? Yes. I got it. I Wait, hit... the boop, 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 the yeah, rubber ball one? Yeah, I got it. I figured out how to win it. Really? Yeah, I figured out how to win Is it. Is it a I rhythm? Got... Yeah, I got 800 tickets the first time. And then it's like it drops you back to 500, but then you right. can just fucking nail it. Yeah, I um, I did pretty good. This We went for Father's Day. My Father's Day celebration was taking the kid to Dave & Buster's. But it was nice because my wife was there, and I was just kind of like, you have to go play games with her, and I finally get to do what I've always wanted to do in this place, which is like, you know, dominate the shit out of it. Like, <laughs> really take the time to yeah. win all these motherfucking yeah. tickets. But I really killed it on the uh, beer pong. They have like the solo cups that you throw. Oh, yeah, the, I saw the that. ping pong balls in. Yeah. For some reason, the score was set so low this time. So I got like 500 tickets on, you know, right out of the gate. So it was a pretty good time. We did good. Nice. nice. And I also, yeah. I uh, Where do you think you're at with the $60 challenge here? $60, cha- $60 for four days. I mean... That's eating out zero. twice. We've been in a holding pattern of like make food, then be like, I don't want to make food, and then eat out, and then being like, oh, we should make food. So we've been doing like every other day, okay. and that would be two dinners. If we had lunches and breakfasts and all of our normal groceries, I would, I would honestly, we would just go to the park, ride the bike, go to the library, um. My daughter is like mostly wants to play in the neighborhood. Like she just wants to hang out with other people. I can't. I don't know. I could do it. So I don't. Mine isn't a good answer. Sorry. So currently, I uh, have been to the store five times. Oh God! Since Sunday. <laughs> what are you making? You need to get some agar agar. <laughs> You're like you need, you need that. You need that Bob's Red Mill shit. So here's what like, oh, you know, we didn't have psyllium husk. God damn it. <laughs> I had to go run to the store and get a quarter teaspoon of psyllium husk for this recipe we pulled out of our ass. So Sunday, <laughs> we did this Saturday night. Sunday was an emergency that couldn't be avoided for the wife. I had to go get a thing that you just need. You know what I mean? Okay. And I was like, all right, I'll, I can go grab that. That's not groceries. That's not groceries either. Right. So I was like, I'll go grab that. Should be free. Um, the next day... I get a text. We even let it slide. The Sunday trip, let it slide. Because that is a let it slide thing. Sure. Monday, I'm out on my long walk. And I get a text. For what? And it says, I need you to go to the store and get stuff to make cookies for the work potluck. Ah. See. (laughs) No. Now. When you're going to do the Sunday trip, you write down everything you need. I said, for the whole week, you have to you, look at your calendar, figure out what the dinner is going to be, what are the lunches, is there enough fucking oatmeal? We but did there's, that with do I have to make cook, do I have to make a birthday cake? Do I have to make cookies? Is there a baseball game coming up and we need no bakes? <laughs> what the fuck is up? You got to do the whole ledger. You got to do I, the whole ledger. You can't you, just You do, but you always miss something. 
It's just you're always oh, going to miss something. Well, somebody like, out of nowhere makes a comment where they're like, oh, we're all bringing stuff. I didn't know you were just going to, you know, <laughs> I didn't know you were planning on it. Been there, Betty. I've you know, been to the, 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 the potluck that you didn't bring nothing Oh, right, right. Oh, <laughs> it's really bad. No, I'm, Especially uh, in the I'm, the, I'm the critic. I'm the judge, actually. I'm, <laughs> like, pay for my opinions about things. The thing about the potluck <laughs> that you don't bring anything to, if it was me and Brett and all of our friends and I came to a potluck and I didn't bring anything, they would be pretty pretty forgiving about it well you're not going to eat the food anyways right you're going to go somewhere else and eat food and bring it back right <laughs> true but the the issue here is that i have gone to neighborhood things where it's the other parents that my kid uh, goes to school with and i oh, didn't yeah. have anything because oh, no, i didn't know crazy oh and i just felt that's when i felt like i felt like i always oh skeletor like a real victim you villain. shouldn't <laughs> It's one of those things where it's like, you don't have to get a gift, but if you don't, everybody will know because everybody else ignored that. I'm firmly against And everybody knows that. to ignore that. Right? I'm firmly, my wife and daughter do this where they're like, oh, we got a birthday invitation that said, please no gifts. But that just means that you have to bring a gift. Like, yeah, they, that, like that they will make look down sense. on you if you don't bring a gift. No, they put their name on that. And I'm like, no, that's not true. It's disrespectful to bring the gift to somebody if they've don't. asked you not to bring the gift. Right. And then they always find a reason. You know, Brett's daughter could do a birthday. Brett could say no gifts. He would never, his daughter loves toys. He would never do that. But <laughs> Brett could say no gifts. My wife would be like, no, he don't mean us. He means like the other people right. that are coming to the party. And we still got to buy the gift. I'm like, no, if he meant that, he would say Brian and Katie, you are exempt from the no gifts clause. <laughs> you have to bring the gifts. They love to bring the gifts. They think it's a test. Yeah. It's the craziest thing. It's not a test. How deep is your love? Yeah, it's not a test. I'll defy you because I want you to have the best thing. <laughs> I'm so happy you're born. So I've been to the store five times, and I have $285 in the bank. So I've okay. even went under the 300 mark. I've spent $75. It's not too. I mean, it's, it is bad. 25% overboard. But, <sighs> but it's only Wednesday. Just stop. Yeah, tomorrow is Misery Thursday. Tomorrow um, is I like, gotta go to the store tomorrow. I got some best shit not. I gotta get. No. <laughs> I do! I have shit that I gotta get. Shit to make tacos! Okay, see, you're doing this all wrong. You're half-stepping this or something. You oh, how? Because on Sunday, you're supposed to know what you're doing on Thursday. Well, Thursday shouldn't be a surprise. It sounds like it's a surprise. It was sort of because it was like, we'll figure out Sunday, Monday, See, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday. You're supposed we'll to eat tacos, leftovers. You're going to have leftovers. But we'll have Sundays. a rough idea in our mind. Like, we have most of the stuff oh for tacos. So, so can... stressful, dude. I know. To hear you talk about this. The store is. I. The store. I have never, and I've, I've said this to my wife three times in the past. Are you throwing hours. food away? No. Actually, no. You're just buying it so sporadic as, like, as hell. When I just go a big, I, I don't know how this fucking happens. I go and I spend $130 at the grocery store and I have to go the next day. And I don't know. No. How that happens. I have no fucking idea how you spend that amount of money where you're supposed to be, we're getting it all, you know? And then my wife is just like, hey, you're going to need to go to the store tomorrow and grab this stuff. And it's like, okay. 
All right. Well, I'll, I'll go like four times a week, but I won't spend $130. Right, I go right. seven times a week and I spend $130 on the weekend. <laughs> I've, I've actually, I've slowed it down a little bit to where I've dude go now probably instead of going like once a week, I go every three days and spend a little bit less. And I get, I feel like I don't go as like, it's not as much of like a blowout. I found like when I was going for the whole thing, it's like, who knows what we need? And I would just like oh, Capri yeah. Suns, you know, like just dumb shit that didn't, we didn't, you know, it didn't make any sense. But uh, I've been trying to like pare it down some because our, our, like we started just buying like the most expensive version of everything possible. I just, I just want to hire a fucking, here's what I want. I want to hire a counselor. No, you're in, okay. To come okay. into my life. Okay. And I want that counselor to figure out why I do a bunch of things I don't want to do. Well, don't you have health do insurance? It. Does Street Fight need to, we need to get health insurance at Street Fight. I do, <laughs> but I don't think there's a person How that'll be like. How much is John Taffer? Uh, that's the that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's the kind For a quarter thing million dollars, can we get John Taffer to change your life? That's exactly. I mean, he would do I, it for a quarter million. I, th- I just one week, one get, weekend, he just hollers at you, just berates the shit out of you. I think I need someone like stop you, fucking but- being anxious. <laughs> stop I, it! I can see you're thinking about going to the fucking store again. <laughs> stop I, it! You're checking your bank app again. Yeah, stop checking your fucking bank app. <laughs> Relax. But I have all these things that come out. I don't want to. You're an internet celebrity. These people fucking love you. They pay for you for everything. Stop it. I need You're someone. You're fucking blessed. I need someone that does, that that does Brett's life. I need to basically. Live, I, but I have to like live side by side. But not Brett. I can't have it be Brett because then I'll just feel like he's yelling at me. Yeah, him. I'm just going to be your dad. I need an impartial Dad. Well, that's therapy, dude. You got to go talk. Just go talk to somebody. That's really once a week because a week is like, you're like, wow, I feel like I just talked to you. Then you're like, wait a second. I lived a whole lifetime in the last six days. I've let me to, let me fucking tell you about it. I've been to the store 12 times. Right. But and then they'll, but see, yeah, and that's what you need to do. And they'll help you with like the behaviors and the plans and stuff. You definitely should. And because like, you don't want to hear it from me. It sounds condescending. Like you look at me and you're like, he doesn't know shit. Look at his fucking, look at him. I don't want to be him. You know, like, so, and, and it's the same with my wife. It's like, she can't tell me what to do. I can't tell my wife how to better her life. She thinks I'm a fucking moron. You know, I don't think she knows shit. Right. Like it's this, it's just an equal relationship there and having like, a brain consultant that you can say like, my brain has been doing this, like just keeps reminding me of all of these bad stuff about myself. And they're like, oh, you shouldn't do that. And you're like, holy shit, you're right. Then you're like, (laughs) once a doctor says it, once you're in a doctor's office and they're like, don't be mean to yourself. And they're like, wow, that's like groundbreaking for me, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, Ursat's Bruce on Twitter. I don't know. Uh, that's I'm I'm gonna explain him. Expla- it gave me the greatest idea ever, and that's part of the reason I had Drew come in because uh, we're gonna play a little game this week on Street Fight. We've never played a game before. Here's a game: Brett versus Drew. Okay, I'm gonna keep score. We need some. Well, we're not playing music. I'm gonna need, <laughs> we need a soundboard. You gotta let me know. We need a sound. We're gonna get a soundboard after this vacation. We I'm don't set play that games with a soundboard. This board. is the, like the first game we've ever played. You're like, oh, we're gonna need a soundboard. Uh, what this game is is called New Metal Bassist or Democratic, not Democratic candidate for the the nomination. Ooh, yeah. Okay? 
I there's like there's like 410 of them right now. Right? There, I think there are actually 27. Is it 27? Oh. I'm, I'm, or 24? That's maybe I'm wrong. 24. Like it is 27. too many. Too many. I mean, how many of these 24 have a realistic chance of winning? I don't. Mm. I mean, but if but, you, but if you believe in your heart, you can do it. Should you stop? Like, well, if, if you're Tim Ryan, should you stop? Just because you. People tell you you're unlikable and they won't get behind you? <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's what I think. Here's what I think. Uh, we've talked, Brett and I have talked about this before. Running for president probably kicks ass. If you're one oh, of I know. the like, low, low rung guys, Dude, they you get just to write fly. Off, yeah. You get to write off all your meals. <laughs> I know. They just fly you around and feed you food. And so when you, and you, just when tell you people do what that, they want to hear. When you run for president, you basically start a company and yes. then you get money yes. for free and then you spend out all the money and then at the end you go, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so why it, they do it. It's got to kick It's ass. a good grift. It's good for your resume. Telling right? people your opinions is like yes. the best thing in a fucking I world. I love it. I know. Like, oh, these, room people, these people paid $5,000 to eat sloppy joes at the county fair and have you tell them a little bit of wisdom about growing up in the south side of New Jersey. Oh, you get the pre like uh, uh, John Kasich eating the pork chop on the buns, yes, like, with the big, yes. the big you get all the best, pork chop. You get all oh. the local cuisine, like that's the yeah. thing. You yeah, go to Indianapolis, yeah. you get a fucking pork tenderloin sandwich. But I mean, John Kerry with the Swiss, right? I'll have Swiss. <laughs> Swiss is just I'll have Swiss. Yeah, it's my favorite thing, and, and not uh, a choice. That wasn't a choice, actually. Like, don't. He went to a cheesesteak place, and they Philly. said, "Do you want whiz or uh, provol with or without?" And he said, "I'll have Swiss." That's <laughs> he's, a, he, he's a they're what all a aliens. What a they're geek. they're fucking all well, aliens. I saw we were talking about this before we started. Me and Brian were talking about the everybody talking about their comfort foods. Oh yeah, did you guys already talk about? We yeah, the list on the uh, last show. But, but yeah, the, the Williamson that said, uh, I don't have a comfort food is the most alien thing. Untrustworthy. I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. And Cory Booker's and Brussels sprouts was kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Come on, dude. I mean, unless he said fried ones. I mean, he might as well have said toothpaste. Toothpaste. <laughs> 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 All right. I, yeah. I, yeah. We're going to go for the first one. And um, it's kind of, I'm going to just go with this first one. It's going to be very easy. Uh, Reginald Aravizu. Reginald oh, Aravizu. Is he That's a, what, bass player. A, new, a new metal bassist or a Democratic candidate? Drew first. He's a bassist. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Brett. Let me uh, ask, what is your history with new metal? Were you ever a fan? Um, <laughs> so, uh, I, uh, uh, new metal occurred in like a, a crater in my life where I actually had kind of sealed myself out from okay. the, from the outside Pop world, shit. uh, like in the late nineties. Right. And yeah, I was you just were doing like, like cool stuff at that time. Right. Like you were yes, making music, yeah. right. Yes. And no. Yeah. I was recording music. Yeah. I was writing, I was working on stuff, but I had also, uh, no, I was just I was just going through it. You know, sometimes you have a bad time in your life and I just didn't pay attention to any culture or anything. I uh missed most of new metal. And then when I emerged, uh uh I was like into something different, but I'm like tangentially aware of it. I think it's cool 
but I like never heard it when it was happening. New metal, and then when I yeah. emerged, so, but uh, I think Reginald uh, you guys like audio playing Brian. Ah like, shit, sorry, sorry people. I think it's cool. Ah uh, shit, but I, like, am I not able to get this? It it's the show too playing back. All right, yeah. When people slap the bass instead of just slapping like, the bass, pick man, it's the shit. So who do you think Reginald R? That's got to be a bass player. Bass player. Well, you guys are one for one. He is. Fieldy from Corn. That is his real name. No shit. Reginald Aravizu. All right. Wayne Messam. Wayne Messam. M E S S A M. Is he I'm a new say metal bass player again? Or is he a Democratic candidate? That's a bass player. That's that's a bass player. Nobody named Wayne has ever run for president. I'm afraid you're wrong. Damn. He is a Democratic candidate. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. That spelling, <laughs> that spelling was bad. I didn't think Wayne, Wayne is a, such a name. What is his pl- his platform? Is he's going to be in the background scratching a record <laughs> while the other people <laughs> run for president? What's his What's his plan? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was so I mean, surprised Wayne's by Wayne. deserve respect. <laughs> I know, and he's not. Yeah, of course, Damn doesn't it. get any. All I right. Don't know what we're gonna we gotta we have to disagree at some point because we're gonna <clears throat> sink this ship together. Robert Garcia. It's mm-hmm. Robert Garcia. Is he a new metal bassist? Or is he running for president? Drew. That's a... Robert. Robert Garcia. Man. On one on one hand, that sounds like... That sounds like definitely somebody like with three stripes. Like with the... With the like three stripes on his shoulder. Yeah, like yeah, a, like Adidas. 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 Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm you're thinking. thinking. Robert Garcia is is uh, not a presidential candidate. Is that what you're thinking? But he could. I mean, it's like a very straight laced name, though. It is. It's it the seems most like Robert Garcia is the, the it seems generic like name. Would, it seems like he would clean up very well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna. <sighs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with presidential candidate. Okay, Brett. I think he's a dark horse. Yeah. Robert Garcia is definitely a very generic name that you could take to the White House. There's yeah. a lot of those in the phone book. There, Robert Garcia, Bob Garcia. Right. You can see, and you can even see Garcia as being a second name on a race if we're looking at vice presidential candidates, like a, a Biden Garcia. You know, right. you're looking at that. Looks right? good. Yeah. Um. Robert Garcia is a bass player for a new metal band. <laughs> he, he's the bass player for Spine Shank. Yeah! Spine Shank. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, uh, Brett, is it's two to one now. But this is not by any means over. Because now we're going to talk uh, a little bit of... Um, let's go with Joe Seastack. Mm. Joe Seastack. That's a that's a presidential candidate. Okay, Brett. I'm reminded of the Slee Stack <laughs> from Land of the Lost. Right? Yeah, yeah. Was that yeah. a Slee Stack? That was a Slee Stack. Okay, I could definitely see a Slee Stack being a presidential candidate that's wearing like a human disguise. I'm going to say that's a presidential candidate. Whoa, Brett! You got you guys both got that right. Yes, three to two in favor of Brett. Okay. Pain. C stack. C stack. Joe C stack. Joe C stack. Maybe uh uh um here's the next one. We got Ben Kenny. Ben Kenny. 
K-E-N-N-E-Y. I don't know. I mean... Is he... I couldn't see a white a Wayne running for the White House. I couldn't see a Kenny being. He in sounds the White like House. a weatherman. <laughs> is, this a, is this a Kenny or is this a Kenny? It's Ben K E N N E Y. Ben Kenny. Yeah, that's presidential shit. I think I'm gonna go presidential candidate. I think when you add the extra E, that comes from like luxury and money because you got extra time for letters. And, and <laughs> all the can- all the Kennys I know is just K E N N Y. They don't need no extra fucking E in there. They bullshit. Yeah, yeah, drop yeah. it. Yeah, but I think fancy people are also Kenneth just to Ooh, go out. You're there, right. I mean, I the, mean, you're right. The really, you're right. The moneyed. You're so, right. So, uh, Drew, bassist or, uh, or Democratic contender. I'm, you know, I think I'm going to go bassist on on that one. Well, you've tied it up now, Drew. Ben Kenny is one of the bassists for Incubus. They have multiple bassists? They've had different bassists. Oh, different. I had to pick a name. Because I thought uh, it sounded presidential. Yeah, here's the extra next... ease, man. I'm telling you, you got to pay money for those. Usually. <laughs> here's our next big one, everybody. I mean, Ellis Island, like you really had to pay extra for here's, that. Here's our next big one, ready to go. Here, Justin Meacham. Are we tied up? Yes, three uh, to Meacham. three. Justin I knew Meacham. Meachams, but all the Meacham. I mean, <laughs> that's Jesus. a that's a pre- that is a dirt that's ball a, name. That is <laughs> that's a presidential candidate. But a Meacham. Justin that's a presidential Meacham. candidate. Justin. Once again, this is tough. This is so weird because Beto is a weird candidate because he does remind me of all the balding, gray-haired guys that wear cargo shorts and Adidas Samba shoes, right? He is like a Gen Xer totally in his brain. Cedric on Twitter is also the same, like just so far gone. Justin is a name that just is like everybody I know is named Justin. I have yeah. like so many friends named Justin. So do I. But I yeah. can't imagine. It's just weird that we've now crossed the mark where a Justin could be a presidential name. That's what, that's what is, I'm trying to. That's the barrier I'm trying to leap here. Meacham has heavy leadership quality. Really? So the last name Meacham? Well, because it sounds like a catchphrase. Like he meached him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you don't want to get Meachamed. Yeah. It would be bad. Like, yeah. like a, he will, yeah, someone that has power is powerful can roll you over yeah that's a presidential candidate so brett says candidate you say i i think he's a candidate yeah. he was the bassist for uh, avenge sevenfold damn Jesus. it <laughs> damn it he did have heavy i couldn't blame you they're new metal to you i well i mean it is I, new metal they did actually set they did started a new era of metal but not like in the the umlaut style all right here we go here we go john fahenstock John Fahenstock. F-A-H-E-N-S-T-O-C-K. Now that's a lot of extra letters. Now that's somebody that like <laughs> Brett, Brett's requires whole, a lot of labor from you. Brett's whole reasoning it's is... It's all names. <laughs> well, tell you what, when I was... He's a kid, got a lot of letters. And I was a kid, I picked a lot of Kentucky Derby winners just based on the names. So <laughs> don't me out. Don't, don't question my method. We're still tied at three to three. I know. What's the name and, again? Uh, What's this guy? John Fahenstock. F A H E N S T O C K. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go John. I'm gonna say John is a, a boring ass white boy presidential candidate. Okay, Brett says presidential candidate. Drew Jeff John Fahenstock. But I you, thought you were calling me Jeff for a second. I, I almost like, said, yeah, but, <laughs> but John is a good name for a presidential candidate. John's are so good. People love John. So People many... will vote for a John like a motherfucker. Absolutely. But like they're also, 
once you once you're a John, like once you're just part of the crowd, you're just some John in the crowd. You want to stand out with like a seven string f- fucking guitar, <laughs> or like a drop D bass, or you want to do slap bass or something, right? <laughs> yeah, you said presidential candidate for this one. I did say Fahenstock. that. Stock. Yeah. God, I, I. I'm trying to get him. To, I'm trying to win here. I'm trying to convince him. <laughs> slap me the bass. I. You know, I just I've never heard. The guy's name. I think it's a ringer. I think, like, is a Manchurian candidate. I think the German, the Germanish last name, plus the John. I think it's a ringer. I think you're trying to. I think you're trying to push towards the president and then pull it back and do the switcheroo. So I think he is the bassist for a band called uh, like uh, Pig Screw. Well, okay, here you, you go. Got a shot. Brett, you were wrong. Ah, you did it! Damn it! John Fahenstock is the ba- was the bassist for Snot. Snot, oh, <laughs> pretty close. New metal band. A vet. They even their lead singer died, and there is a new metal compilation album of covers of his last songs that all the new metal guys are in. Brilliant. Okay, here dive. we go. Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett is our next. Sounds guy. like a guy at the bar you can meet, right? Remember yeah. his name? You would want to shake business his hand card, too. right? Yeah, you, you business yeah. shirt, slacks, pleated shit. <laughs> business. I love this motherfucking. Your thought mu- process is his name's Michael. Business pants. Well, just when somebody <laughs> says my name is Mike, whenever someone introduces themselves as Michael Bennett, I'm just like, <laughs> it's just gonna be a lot. I just feel like it's an annoying person that thinks a lot of themselves. Okay, okay. Like, I prefer Mike Bennett. I prefer My Name is Mike. Well, he's a wrestler, so Mike Bennett is a better name. See, that is more approachable to me. But is But if you say when people, like, when someone, yeah, I mean, the full thing, it just comes off like car salesman. I just, all I can think of when I hear that name is, like, I just imagine a business card that says Michael Bennett on it. Man, there's that so is many some lo- profiling that I like to hear. I love this <laughs> idea. Just learning this thing about Brett where he sees the name Michael Bennett and conjures up an, a whole person. Because the thing about me and him that we really bonded on early and building Street Fight was that we just like names. Yeah. We just will like Lonnie's Terry's, yeah. things like that. We just can look at a person and know their name because people look like their name. That's just the way it is. You it know? is, yeah. It's fun. There's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing because you see a lot of idiots on Facebook share like, don't trust anybody with these names, and it'll just be like a dozen names that are down there. But then people in the content comments like. You know, tagging people, Ashley, LOL, this is you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all have that feeling. We all yeah. have that fucking feeling. Oh, yeah, feeling. you know what my, you want to know, this is a fucking dark secret. You want to know what my name is? What? What my name that I will always distrust. Okay. My name where I don't, here, the thing that I've always imagined is a mother has a baby, carries a child for eight to ten months, however long it takes. I don't remember. Forty weeks. <laughs> and the baby comes out and she looks down. First thing at her baby boy, she looks down at him and she says, 
I'm gonna name you Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I what? Mean... What happened there? Yeah. What, like the the moment in your life, literally anything can happen. You look down at a newborn baby and you go, "You, my baby son. You know, I've my course in life. You know, I can turn left, I can turn right. I'm basically gonna do the same thing from right. here on out. But you." can do anything until I named you Tyler. You're fucked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I You're don't done. know. You can do whatever you want. You're rowdy as hell. And like, uh, yeah, I mean. Tyler's a rowdy name. Tyler is But a it's a well-dressed name. That's the issue. Tyler like is the, well yes. Tyler is the name of some asshole who replies to you and he goes, well, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I, me and Brett, both, it, the weird thing is that me and him both had a lot of the same. Ronnie and Donnie were yes. two names of people you grew up with, and you're like, no, those are my uncles. Yes, that's also true. Brett's uncles, Ronnie no, and Donnie. My, my, uh, my whole family is, uh, with my dad included, Tommy, Billy, Ronnie, Donnie. Yeah, I th- see, I know his I, family just from <laughs> I wouldn't have to have the I relationship and Billy. that Did I say we Billy have. and Billy. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have to have the relationship yeah. that we have to know exactly what his family's like. From those names, you know, mine. On the other hand, Ira is is my dad. And now I don't. Yeah, I don't get a clear picture from. Oh, from God, I get a clear picture. He's a nerd, man. <laughs> Enormous. You, 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 you. But uh, you know, you've met him. Actually, you met my dad. Did I meet your he dad? He is an Ira. Yes, you came to my birthday. My dad was. Oh there. shit! That okay. was the day that he said it, he was proud of me. <laughs> so. so. so I'm gonna. You know wow, what I'm gonna say? Okay. My, from my lived experience, the squirreliest of all the people that just go sideways. But I have to say, I love them to death, and it's be, only because I've been around so many of them that I know this to be true. Um, they have a tendency to screw up, but they always come back in the end. And those are Ian's. <laughs> <laughs> also, another good name for a rowdy person that's thin. And wiry and rowdy and might punch you and drinks Mountain Dew instead of water is TJ. Like, yes! <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? Absolutely. Don't yeah. TJs are trouble. I, trouble. I grew up with some little kid down the street named TJ, and he was always running and telling. And one day we made we made fun of him for like 19 years because. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you have to. Cause uh, and and this was they I'm gonna too much. I'm gonna clarify this was in my pre woke period. TJ, I was probably like nine, but he he referred to he referred to uh, male underwear as panties, and okay. we made fun of him for the rest of his life right. for that. He was he was toast. After you know what that. somebody pointed out is that TJ could also be a Tyler. Oh shit! Yeah, Tyler James. Tyler oh Jacob. shit! Yes. Well, <laughs> the TJ, I worked it's with all guy. wrapping around now. This guy that I worked with named TJ was the worst. He let his dog shit all over the floor, and he would just go pick it up later. Yeah, and he was awful to his fucking girlfriend, who, I mean, was just a fucking angel. And I really didn't understand why. It was one of those trying to save him relationships, and that oh, guy yeah. was so fucking bad. I'll give you a TJ name. Don't be you just. You got to get out of TJ. I'll give you a TJ story <laughs> that we've never talked about on Street Fighter. Thomas Jefferson was a TJ. <laughs> <laughs> that guy sucked ass. Thomas he was the Jefferson. fucking worst. He was the original curse. Uh, 
of those can initials. We, can we get a fuck TJ going yeah, in the fuck chat? TJ. No more TJs. But TJ, do it's, something else. My TJ story is that me and Jason went and played at this kid's house named TJ oh, one yeah. time. Oh yeah, this is and, psycho uh, shit. We needed some. We were hungry because every time you go to another kid's house, you're hungry. It doesn't yeah. fucking matter who it yeah. is. Like, and he was like, "Oh, uh, I got. I'll, I'll make us a snack. I know this really great snack." So he preheated the oven to 350 and he took a baking sheet and he put macaroni on it and then dumped salt on it then baked it for like 10 minutes and he was like here eat them tastes like pretzels <laughs> so <laughs> that's like my famous that's the TJ story I Jesus call that snack a TJ right. those are TJ yeah it's a TJ do you come, uh, over, come over and have a plate of TJs with me do you Brian do you still eat TJs I haven't had a TJ in a long time not since you saw TJ <laughs> yeah but I I mean they weren't terrible it was just the most struggle mm. snack i've ever had in my life yeah so we're at michael bennett oh michael yeah. bennett is brett michael bennett that sounds like some northeastern fucking chowder head candidate for president all right brett saying candidate Drew. i i think it's another ringer okay i i think he's a base i think he's a base player i think he's like bad michael bennett well guess what we are tied back up four to four Michael Bennett is a Democratic candidate for president. Oh, he, uh, I don't right. know right. where he's from, but uh, here we're just going to go right on to another one here. Samuel Rivers. Samuel Rivers. That sounds like a goddamn musician to me. Is that he sounds a bass like player? Someone that sold their soul for rock and roll. That's a bass player to <laughs> okay, me. Okay, Brett says bass player right I, away. He sees I, the name. I think. That's I think that's got to be a bass player. I think anybody right. I, mean, I think anybody named named Sam in this day and age is just fucking too cool. I'm look I can see a couple things here. First of all, there's Rivers Cuomo, which can be a red herring. It might immediately right. make you think musician. I could also <laughs> see why you would choose the name Rivers over a name like Brooks because like a river is much, much stronger, stronger than, than a brook, right? <laughs> so maybe this person's going for like a powerful stream of water and that's what they're trying to say with their presidential name. So but if saying... I was if I was running for president, I would be known as Samuel Tidal Wave. Oh, wow. Wow. Coming yeah. through. <laughs> yeah. Everything's going to change. It's a tidal wave. Exactly. So we're both. Yeah. Sam's yeah. coming in on a tidal wave. We're both I think, bass player? I think a bass or, player. No. Wait, what did you say? What's his candidate? name? Samuel Rivers. I think That's he, a musician, I man. think he's a bass player. I mean, yeah. bass player for Limp Bizkit. Absolutely. <laughs> we got Tim Ryan. Oh, we know we're that. We're five, 5'5". Five. I already mentioned it. Yeah. We're, we're from Ohio. Okay. We know Tim Ryan's yeah. a candidate. Everybody right. in Ohio yeah. besides us has two first names. Like, all the men have two first names. <laughs> we're well. on yeah, our like last name. one. And it's David Gentile. G-E-N-T-I-L-E. David Gentile. Um, sounds like maybe a ch chosen to play an instrument. <laughs> I don't... You know, <laughs> that's our last one. We could end in a tie here, or we could is not. Is this somebody that's just going for what is the what's the first name? David. David. You know, yeah, yeah. That's a I. I don't know. I'm gonna have to, I have to think. I have to yeah, you gotta give a second. Start drawing him. Get I'm your, gonna get I'm your gonna... profile set up of of David Gentile. Okay. I'm gonna go lesser known Democratic political. All right. Candidate. What are we at? Do you for have the president. score right now? Six, six. Oh, it's 
It's it. It is. It is six to six. I'm gonna say, and uh, no harm in a tie. Really, I'm you gonna know? say That's I, This sounds like a motherfucking bass player to me. I See, don't think you could get a presidential campaign going with this type of a name. So you're saying? Brett, I think you could get a losing presidential campaign going. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you could get a bunch of Hojo reward points. Yeah. <laughs> David is a real goes. David both is a great ways name. name. I mean, David but. is to me strong. Always. If it was, if it was Dave, I'd say bass player. It's David. Dave, versus- is, Dave is a bass player. David. You know. Yeah, it does, we don't know what they go by. That's true. We don't know what the short. Well, I know is. that Samuel I mean, Rivers Dave's... goes by Sam Rivers, and I just threw it in there to make it seem like. I feel like when I talk to a Dave, a Dave will smoke a joint with you at any moment in time. But a David, ne- not David, no, 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 not a David. No. They're too a serious. They're too fucking serious sometimes. Yeah. I've known Daves and David. I know. And there is a distinct difference between a Dave and a It's a choice you make in your life. (laughs) How you're going to be. It's like when you could either be Bob or Bobby. Like, if you're Brian, Quinby, you're Bobby. Right? I would be Bobby. But But I think somebody else would choose Bob. But you you go through the whole life cycle. You go through Bob, Bobby, Rob, and Bobby. Mature? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you done that with your name? I'm just, no, I have a fucking like no. one syllable name that is just to the point. I don't, I just, I, always, I let people call me anything and I, an, I answer to anything. That makes so sense. Like, when well, I, you, you know, never went through a life cycle with your name because you do have like a full, when, like you have a name that can be, yeah, yeah, you know, I, like I, a I got, I got, Christian ass Midwestern name. Andrew well, you, and Andy and yeah. Drew and probably like also other shit. So like my brother-in-law, but people, people call me anything. I'll answer to any, any, uh, any variant on it. And even like, uh, people have called me, uh, Dean. People have called me David before and I've answered David. to it because I don't care. They're just trying to communicate with me. It's not sure. their fault. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Like, I yeah, love they that just they fuck it. they fucked it up, and it's fine. I don't really care. I you're, didn't. You're saying a I rose didn't... by any other name would smell as so, <laughs> as sweet, right? It, the, I, it's not important. God, that's such a great saying, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Did you come up with that? No, no that's Romeo and Juliet. So uh, we're at we're at Brett is saying bassist and and you're saying uh, presidential David, candidate. I think the fact that he's going by David. I think that's what makes it. If it was Dave, I'd be like, yeah, yeah bass player. David but I, like, I think David, he's a presidential candidate. Yeah. David right. get some Grand Marnier like shooters in his margarita. So in the in the in the first edition of Democratic candidate or new metal bassist, the winner is Brett Payne. Yes, home field oh, advantage. Home field. He, David Gentile was the bass player for Orange Nine Millimeter. Woo. So that's a deep cut. <laughs> it is. I had to go through. No, you know course. how hard here's here's the truth about this contest here. Uh it's very difficult to find non-Latin uh X new metal acts because so many there were not a ton of white dudes. Oh, you're saying like, in a lot of those bands. So I Hispanic guys were picking up the slack on the bass. Yeah, it was so many Hispanic guys that I was like, I I don't I had to go deep on that because I just look up a group and it would be like, oh, this is like totally a bass player. You know, that's why I had to go to Avenge Sevenfold and, and stuff like that. But it was pretty uh that you got that was really fun. Maybe we'll do more games on the show now. I really enjoyed that. Um 
Yeah, that was awesome. That that was good. That was hard. I like that. I uh, yeah. Yeah, that was really that is tapping deep. When <laughs> so when I was a kid, like I really didn't want a longer name, so I was like made it a big joke when I was in my teens. And uh, I was like, man, it really sucks. Like, all of you have these, like, full long names, and you can, like, pick how you want to be addressed and all that. And so my friends got me a cake from, like, Kroger that said, Happy Birthday, Bretrick. (laughs) They made my name longer (laughs) so I could pick a shortened one. Uh, So we got a meme. It's a a screen cap. It's actually not a meme. It's a memo, which is kind of the same thing, right, except for a different letter. Um, Somebody sent me this in... Somebody sent me this in my uh, email, and he wants to be anonymous because it's obviously where they work. And uh, I, I screen cap the the picture, and uh, we're gonna go ahead and look through this. And uh, it's gonna take me. Uh, here it is. This this uh, thing is called humble, hungry, and people smart, and it's something that was sent to the employees of a company. What? Um, yeah, it, uh, there's three Hung- headers. Hungry. These are types of employees, I believe, or descriptors for employees. Okay. And this is a cr- recruiting company. Okay. So these, so this, this person for. is you're looking for certain types of people. Okay, got it. And it's humble, hungry, and people smart. And these are just sentences that um, these are just sentences you ask people to get these answers out of them. I believe. Uh, tell me about the most important co- accomplishment of your career. Now, remember the answer you're looking, because we've talked about this in the past. Me and Brett have, we talked about job interviews. Yeah, you should see how fucking crazy he is about it. I am very crazy about <laughs> job interviews. But we talked about how you have no idea what you're going in there. trying. What they're trying to get from you it's yeah. like a game. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird game. So it's this is like you're trapped in the fucking labyrinth. <laughs> yeah. It is. It t- I- and it's very subjective. I think that what what sucks is that for me that even someone knows a lot of the rules and the niceties of things is it still just matters. It's like if it's this is just some dysfunctional asshole that's looking for somebody that it can bully around. Like I'm probably not going to be the personality that makes it through the interview. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, and it's just. Uh, it's one of those things that like they ask you a question, what are your what are your accomplishments, right? And what they're really asking you is they want a certain kind of answer. Right. To uh they they want a certain kind of answer and and they don't have the answer written down, but it's uh, that you need to give a humble answer. So I thought maybe we'd try Oh, God. To answer these questions, right? That's corny. Try to get a humble. You don't want to. You don't want to try to answer the questions. Do you have? I don't know. That's. I don't. I can't do that. I can't be honest. I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I'm not saying it's corny. I'm just saying like, <laughs> I I can't be that honest. I don't want to. I can't do a job interview answer. You can't do a job interview answer. I anymore? feel like I. I feel like I have existed for so long, like Let's outside say, of job world, that like all my accomplishments are like. I tricked somebody into giving me a book deal. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I can't I can't imagine what I would say. Like at this point it is weird sometimes I try to think if everything fell apart and I had to go interview for a job. I don't know what I would say I've been doing for like the last ten years. Actually, let me answer that. Let me I found the DM that the person had sent me. 
and he sent me this and it said in case you need some riffing material for street fight here's a bullshit homework assignment i've been given from a recruiter for a job i just applied for the recruiter said to answer with at least a few sentences for each question <laughs> jesus fucking christ so it if is i get the job homework, i'm invoicing yeah. them for the time i'm spending doing this which is very nice because there's a lot of questions here but uh yeah i you know what to be honest in these type of situations i always made things up i honestly would just think of tv and think of other things that happened in the office and would come up with a story that i think made me look like i learned something but then was triumphant in the that's, end like i would just oh that's yeah a robot yeah thing, though. No, no, that's you would, you would add, no i, I would absolutely like, well, what i would do i'd do the exact same thing i finally figured out at almost age 40 that like you just lie yeah, you just like tell you them, just tell go them to exactly a job what they want to hear. You. you say, I'm going to say everything you want to hear so that way you don't have to feel held accountable for what I do because I said all the right things. Right. And then you let me into this thing and then we see what happens. <laughs> it never ends good. With yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, you know. it's going to be surprising what but you get. It, I, but yeah. I always felt like whatever the job is, I'm going to do it and I, I got it. I would it. say... That's um, how you know, I you know, we too. we were going to launch a new product back at this new company back in 2016, and you know, we were supposed to meet this deadline, and I went over two weeks, and I learned in that time, you know, that you know you can't give up, and that you have to <laughs> to keep moving on, and and I wanted to, for you know, so long, wanted to just you know feel like I was a failure, and everybody there didn't think of me that way, and that they wanted to work with it too, and we were all felt so triumphant by the end. You know, like, you just lie. You are the best. I just tell them That's whatever they want so to hear. Good. I That's know. so good. He's a king salesman, Brett. <laughs> I just lie. Like you just lie through your fucking teeth. Brett, what was the People most embarrassing... Easy. What? How do you answer this one? What was the most embarrassing moment in your career or the biggest failure? Oh God! See, that's the embarrassing kind of thing moment where in your a career. lot. I, I want to give some advice just from here, yeah. just from the Brian side, which is, you know, obviously you're not getting good advice from me, but uh, don't make your biggest failure a positive. Because I yeah, that's feel true. Like back when that's I was very in high obvious. school, I was told to always steer it to positive. So when they say your biggest failure, you'll be like, well, you know, back in the day, I worked with this person. And I was very nice to them, <laughs> took on all of their work, and then <laughs> I got overworked, and I, then it bit me in the ass. I don't want to ruin this right now, but I do want to say that is actually a pretty salient point. Like, if you are trying to get a job in this day and age, you're not just like an internet person. You should not, like, try to spin it into, like, my biggest problem is that I care too much about my job. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, I mean, if I, like, my answer would be, like, you know, I, I was supposed to set up an art exhibit and I was not, I didn't know how to do that, but I told someone that I could and I couldn't figure out how to contact people and set the thing up and the date deadline hit and I had nothing to show for it. And, you know, it like tore apart a relationship that I didn't, don't, will probably never get to rebuild, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's like a failure. Yeah. That's yeah. like just sucks. Like, and, but now I, I have to, I have to know what I'm getting myself into. I'm more prepared. I understand what it's like when you like actually bottom out and like actually crash the plane and shit fucking falls apart, you know? Yeah. Cause I think like the instinct and, and I think job, I mean, coaching. you have to come back. You like, if that happened to me, like, 10 years ago and i could have said like i did something bad one time so i guess i should never try again and <laughs> just lived as a failure forever you know absolutely yeah and i mean if shows, so many people convince themselves to do that and that shows something good about you like 
People think that you need to hide all your failures when you're looking for a job or you're interviewing. And the truth is, everybody has failures, especially yeah. when they're looking for work. But you do have to I come think... up with a positive failure in a way. You do. You know, like in the end, oh, it was great. It wasn't that embarrassing. And people liked me in the end, you know? Yeah. I mean, as long as you say you learned something from it, I guess that's what they're looking for. How did you handle that embarrassment or failure? I think we covered that. Yeah. Uh, what is your greatest weakness? Oh God, that's another this thing. Is that's like a, so that's stupid. a hard one. Yeah, though. it's not. Fair. I want to say that that one is the most unfair one because you're being evaluated on what your weakness is, and you could easily like oh you know like if you're if my real weakness is that I don't do good attention to detail. You know, but if I told that to a guy in a job interview, he'd be like, well, why would I hire you then? You, you my, don't have good attention to detail. My, my biggest weakness is uh, taking stuff from inventory and putting it in boxes to ship to clients. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. My biggest weakness really is that when I do the math on how much you're making, I realize I'm not making enough. So I usually <laughs> steal my way up to a wage that I think is more fair. My biggest weakness has been the urge to steal at all of my jobs. That's um, the main one. Well, you know, uh, this is a tough question because it is uh, – they're looking for a renaissance person. Whenever they're hiring somebody for a job, what they mean is like you need to be able to do anything and everything we ask of you. And to be honest, we all probably only have three to four strengths <laughs> and the rest are all weaknesses. And we beat ourselves up over and over again because we think these weaknesses need to, to be fixed about us. But if we all just instead were like, hey, I'm terrible at attention to detail, but I can draw a crowd, but I can write like crazy, but I can do all this other stuff. Yeah. I just really need to have a lot of other people following up behind me. So if you have people that are good at doing the details, I would be a great fit, right? That's true. It is. That is exactly it. Like, that is a funny thing because, like, they do – these interviewers are not looking for a team. No. They're looking for an individual team and each person that they hire. Yes. Yeah. You know, because everything has to be so individualized it's, anyway. What if what if uh, somebody goes over on their – what if somebody misses too many days because of a healthcare crisis and we have to fire them? Could you also do half of their job for six weeks until we could find a replacement? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you handle apologies, either giving or accepting them? Uh, I have a great answer for this. I do. I give way too many apologies. Yes, Midwest. <laughs> Midwest is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm alive. Ooh, I'm sorry. I'm. I'm just like right here. I'm a big mass of flesh. I'm sorry for being here. I like it to the point now where I get yelled at for apologizing yeah. to my wife because I. I do that. I've said this on the show a few times lately, but basically the way that I think you control the world is to realize everything is your fault. <laughs> That's how I, I like I, handle looking at the world. All the uncontrollable stuff that I can't handle, it's like, I that's me. Yeah. I'm not doing nothing about it. Sure, you know? sure, sure, sure. I I think apologizing and actually like if you do fuck anything up, I think apologizing for it and taking responsibility for it is like a huge power move that not a lot of people are willing to do. Well, yeah, I mean, and I think it's like taking power. It's like, yeah, I fucked that up. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then it's like, and then it's like, well, I said it was my fault. I said that I feel bad about it. 
and like I'm apologizing to you because I realized it emotionally affected you. Like the ball's in your court now. <laughs> well, I mean, I you know, I mean, it is it it is selfish in a way, but it is the yeah. it, but it is also the right thing to do. And I right, it is. I think yeah. like you know the answer to a lot of this stuff that people won't understand is that if you get too much in your head, once you start thinking about what to say, if you don't just come with like an honest answer, you know, you ha- you do have to be nice. You have to do put some charisma on, but you have to just be honest. Right. I mean, that's like, that is what is transgressive to the whole situation is if you just are like, Hey, I screwed that up. You know, there's no reason to not apologize. Like yeah, I yeah, tried, yeah. I spent a lot of time as an early adult man, uh, trying to know everything and trying to be very solid, thinking that I had to be like a rock and I had to be solid and, you know, that was what manhood was and that I could never apologize or I could always be right in some way that I could explain or something. And then you get to the point where it's like it's way easier to be like, oh, I was completely fucking wrong about that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, oh, when I said that about you, you felt like shit. I'm sorry. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that. Someone told me that you felt like shit about that. And I just heard. And, you know, I, I wasn't trying to do that. What well, what's going on? Like, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just a way better experience than thinking that you've never been wrong in your life, which Joe Biden, another one of the Democratic <laughs> yeah. National Convention candidates, well, whatever. He's saying. big on not. Yeah, I've never done anything wrong yeah. in my life, which is stupid. I mean, apologize always. Don't apologize. I I am against the Midwestern position, and I've and Erica I is not is out of it, but like. I don't like the just sorry, 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 sorry all the time. It's just like too fucking much for me. It is. It's sort of passive aggressive in a way. It, it, for it, me, it's like it feels like the only way out of an uncomfortable situation. Yes, I think. is that's yes. I think how just, I see it. You want to you want to resolve it as quickly as possible, <laughs> right. so you just kind of try to back out of it. That, that's how I feel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The next one we have here is this is odd. Tell me about someone who is better than you in an area that really matters to you. Oh my god! <laughs> like, can you imagine getting? I don't even know what to fucking say. This to is that. some. I mean, this is becoming to the point. This seems like Catholic type. Get on your knees and pray. You're awful. You've sinned. You need to apologize. This is all so fucking negative. So that's like the this humble. is all just like you know this person. This person's excelling. You know what's your? You know why aren't you doing that? Why do you? What do you wish that you could get that this other person does better than you? So that's the humble section. Maybe hungry will be different. What was it? No. What, what, so what was the question? Tell again? me about someone who is better than you in an area that really matters to you. Well, you know, <laughs> like, like I don't what, even know frisbee what to golf. Say. Wait, yeah. frisbee golf. What would you? You got to do a charming answer for this one. I mean, what do you say? I. I don't have any like fucking the idea. Fucking, I, I mean, what person? Like a uh, 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 illustrator? I mean, a famous person? <laughs> I know. I don't like, have like a uh, person that I well, covet. You know what? I actually, I uh, <laughs> I worked used to work at Wendy's, and the general manager there, uh, his wife was independently wealthy, so all the money that he made from being a general manager at Wendy's, he spent on gambling in Las Vegas, and he drove a Cadillac. And, uh, you know, I really think that guy has got hit the right idea. (laughs) I don't know. I really don't know what the answer to that would be. We might be the three exact wrong people to answer that question, and that, (sighs) like, our jobs depend on us being kind of, like, different from other people. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. there isn't there are people that do this better than me. Yeah. I'm not gonna like sit here and 
Like that feels like beating yourself I guess like, up. For that's somebody. what I'm saying. Yeah, it feels like flogging and, your your back. I mean, I could say there are people, and I guess there are broadcasters that I admire at some point. Yeah, and I would say that's what I would say. You're right. That's the ticket. That's where it. That's where yeah. it's at. Yeah, but then you, if you're interviewing for a job, you would not be interviewing for a podcast. You'd be interviewing exactly for a job it. to do something, and you'd be like. You know, I guess like eleven years ago, I knew a guy who could make copies faster than me. Like, yeah. or, or like, I could even see somebody going in to answer this question and being like, "Well, what is uh, this for? Like, what is this it's job? For a job? For what kind of a job? He got it from a recruiter. So the recruiter is trying to get how much is this pay? I mean, job. I don't oh, know. Oh, corporate job. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm wondering if the, what the pay is on this. This is one way that I think I can answer this question, it's but I awesome. think it's so weird, and it might be not smart, but it's like, uh, you know, uh, I enjoy sports, and uh, I played football when I was younger, and I, I have put a high premium on athleticism, so I really look up to Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. That's... That's like the perfect I like shit that. answer. That makes you so, like like, makes you so likable, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. That might have been a win for I me. Just, I just want to run and throw the ball good. <laughs> hey, man, um, at the end of the day, I just like playing flag football with my family on a Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. The next sub subheader this, is I, hungry. What, what I'm just saying at this point is that it's just – the whole thing has been so fucking negative. It just seems like people that are like – hate themselves like they're just but pessimists that is also what people think humble is yes being right? pessimistic about yeah. your life let's be honest i'm a piece of garbage that isn't deserving of anything but i've crawled out of the dirt and i'm trying to get a monthly fucking p paycheck from this company <laughs> the next section's hungry the first question is what is the hardest you've ever worked on something in your life that's a good one i i know that's fine I, I mean that's tough i mean I mean that's a good one. Go ahead. I sorry. I no, I have a a, a great uh, so I uh, used to work in a factory. We made uh, specialty chemicals, which later turned out to be like part additives to plastics and part like chemicals to go into the war machine. Uh, there was like chemicals they made, and they made bombs explode better. And I didn't know this until I'd worked there for like two years because somebody told me and i was like no that's not right and then i yeah. went and looked it up and i was like shit yeah but so i i was working i was in this factory and they said we'll give you triple overtime so i made three times my base rate so i was making like 30 dollars an hour uh -huh. to work over christmas like literally on christmas eve christmas day they gotta the make the day bomb after, stuff that on all christmas. the time the day after christmas so here's here's bombs why are dropping I on to, christmas around the world yeah santa's dropping yeah. bombs <laughs> they don't have they don't have christmas in some countries yeah so they uh so i was working and it was like over christmas and uh it was super overtime because there was some project going on and i was like either 19 or 20 years old i was not old I was not authoritative and I was uh, in charge of supervising these contractors. And I go out one day and a guy's welding and he's got an isopropyl alcohol, which is just like rubbing out. It, it's this stuff. Isopropyl alcohol. The good stuff. Right. The good stuff. 91%. Extremely flammable, right? He's got a drum of it and he's welding on it. And <laughs> welding, <laughs> as you may know, is a very hot 
process that generates a lot of sparks. Not the best thing to do. So I'm like, no, you can't weld on a drum of this stuff, whatever. And I go out in this warehouse and he's just up on this scissor lift and he's cutting into this pipe. And I was like, bro, like the pipe is full of noxious shit. It's like whatever the condition is, there's like residue of all this stuff in there. And he's like, well, I got to cut into this pipe. And I was like, you need to like get protective gear. And he's like, I don't need any of that shit. He cuts into it in this super toxic residue, like falls on his face. Like if it was a comic, it would have turned him into something. Yeah, yeah. It would have turned him into Spider-Man or the fucking... Acid Man. Acid Man. (laughs) And so he's like screaming and he's like sputtering. I'm sure some of it got in his mouth. And I... Like I said, I was 19 or 20 years old, and I ran, and I hid. <laughs> that, was the, yeah. that was the hardest. Like, that was the day, hardest. You know? That yeah. was the hardest thing. I thought this guy was going to kick my ass because he was like 24. <laughs> I really, truly, honestly, I love to say this. I love hardest, that question. The hardest thing I've ever worked on in my life. I'm going to give two answers. Number one, the drive through on a Friday night at a McDonald's is one of the hardest jobs I've ever had. And... I will say this, that Northeastern tour we did earlier in the year was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Cause like, I just, I felt like, wow, this is hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was a lot of work. We worked very hard on that tour and it was like, it, that was one of those things where at the end I was like, Hey, this is supposed to be like easier than the cable job, not more work. Yeah, I am. Um, I mean, I'm really, I really do like this question a lot. I would like to ask people this because it is something. It's really, it's really memorable, and there's like so many that you can come up with once you start thinking about it. Yeah, and it is. It's indicative, I think, of like uh, I don't know, just it just like talking about strengths once again, like from the earlier question. It, it does give you an idea of what you can do really well. Yeah. Like I remember stacking boxes to the point where my hair was just like soaking wet. Like I was in the fucking shower and just loving it. Just doing so good at like making trucks full of boxes, like disappear onto (laughs) pallets and shit with a whole bunch of people that they said we had to get it done. It was supposed to not to happen and like doing stuff like that. Also editing video for this, like doing like just 19 hours of editing for a stupid fucking video that we made for Patreon to get people to like subscribe and stuff. Um, and just being up all night long, uh, they're, you know, doing chores in the middle of the night is another one. Like just thinking about that like rocks when you wake up and when, you're done and you're like, damn. when, yeah, when I'm just like, <laughs> you know, Friday night, I'm going to do all the chores from midnight to 2am and then get up on Saturday and everything's together. And it's not that like, rocks. not a lot of shit to do. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you like to do when you're not working, which is an off out of bounds mm. question. I don't think you should be allowed to ask that at a job interview because most people are most That's people are being one. honest. There's a good percentage of people who the answer is getting drunk. Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. That's that the truth. be the answer. You're right. You that's, know. that's a fucking awful it's, question. And the last time the last time I had to tell people about what I was doing outside of work. Uh, it was, uh, August, 2001. And I, uh, I tell my boss, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving. Cause I was gonna, like you said, I, I was gonna fuck off and I was gonna go record some music. I was gonna go make a music video. 
and I was going to get the music video up and I was going to do all this stuff. And I had this thing I was working where you would get paid for downloads. And I was like, yeah, I can do this. I can get X number of downloads. I move this traffic through the web, whatever. Right. So it's August 2001. Everybody's like, oh, he's leaving. He's leaving. And my boss is like, so what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. Well, I'm going to travel a little bit. I'm going to go to New York because uh, I'm going to like visit some friends of mine, whatever. Uh, and I'm working on some personal projects and it's August 2001 and uh, very vague about it because I'm like, I don't want to tell these guys. I'm like, yeah. I, I've got this band and I don't want to talk about the band and I don't want them to fucking listen to it. Yeah. And I don't want to say I'm putting shit on the Internet and I'm putting drawings and funny stuff on the Internet. And so they're like, oh, well, he left under mysterious circumstances. <laughs> he said he was working on personal projects and he said he was going to New York. His last date of work August 31st, 2001. <laughs> so I know for sure, as soon as 9-11 happened, they were like, I wonder if that's him. <laughs> like, just just for like 30 minutes. And then yeah. like, yeah. Probably. I just wonder what I would say. Like, what would I even... I, I like this one. I would like this, but once again, <laughs> this is a blank canvas. I mean, this is a this is a this is a moment in your life where you kind of write a narrative and you take a little bit about yourself, like you know, maybe you went out for one of those paint nights where you all like did pottery and you painted it and you really loved it. So, you know, what you do is you just say like, you know, in my spare time, I like to paint. I don't really do it for like any commercial success or anything. Oh, I never shared smart. it. I just buy like canvases from Joanne Fabrics for three for nine ninety nine and paint paint flowers and still lifes at my house and I find it really calming and relaxing. And they're just like, I wanna be you. <laughs> like, you know what is actually really good about that answer? It's not it's not necessarily I wanna be you, but it's like they don't want to see your fucking painting. That's true. You know I mean? No, you start talking you about take them down a boring ass path where they're like Wow, this person actually has a hobby. Yeah. You know, they have a hobby to the point where I'm not interested in hearing about it. <laughs> like they're that deep into it. Yeah. Because yeah. they are. I, I, you know, if somebody told me I like to paint in my spare time when I'm not at work, I could see being like, oh, man, I really admire you for painting. But then I also would probably be like, I don't even care to see any <laughs> yeah, of like, these paintings at all. <laughs> you don't sell. You're not going to try to sell them at work or anything like <laughs> yeah. that, right? You're gonna you're gonna leave flyers for your gallery openings that are this. Uh, I'm sorry. Office. This next question is really odd. This is a barrage. This is like feels like uh, Clockwork Orange with the toothpicks, with the eyes open. And they're just like, tell us about your flaws. You're like answering it to get a job, you're which like, is extra I, harder. I, I love, I love the springtime. I love the blooming flowers. <laughs> I like to hike with my family and absorb nature. Well, here's a very odd. This is maybe the oddest of these questions, if you ask me. Did you work hard when you were a teenager? Ooh! <laughs> they don't want the they don't want the real answer. Oh, ask what, that question. What is that? You gotta give me a Miller Light and a cigarette if you're gonna ask that question to me. I have to know you're fucking cool. I'm not gonna <laughs> talk to you about that unless I know I can trust you. We have to do a like a we have to do like a, a fucking a federal crime. Like we have to to like do a, an illegal act together before I would talk to you about that. What do you think they're looking for? I mean, they're looking for yes. That's all they want. The only thing they want is that, yes, I've, uh, you know, I naturally have taken to work and falling into line and I'm just, you know, ready to help out wherever I, you know, my mom was always like, uh, you know, wondering why I was asking to help with the dishes, you know? 
She well, was she was always mad because I was bothering her. I wanted to to vacuum more. <laughs> the thing you know? about me was was something that I said. Was something that I think I said to you last week. I mean, uh, generally, if I had never done the show, I would have thought that I was a hard worker when I was a teenager. Yeah, you were. Yeah, because I think every work is hard. You know, you have I a, don't like doing it. No, you, you know? have a great. You, know, you I have think a great idea of yourself. <laughs> the phrase "every work is hard" is like <laughs> so it's true. That is perfect. It I is. love it. It is. It's totally true. You're good at what it's you totally do. Totally true. Yeah. I mean, you're good at what you do, but um, unfortunately, you did things that you do not do <laughs> before. I did things I was bad at. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of hours do you generally work? My answer uh, for that would be the ones you make me work. They don't like let me pick. <laughs> you know? Why yeah, do they? Why do they one. even ask? That's definitely I mean, for a- this one. It sucks. I mean, for because if I was going through a job, it'd be like, well, currently I work all the time for my job because people can get a hold of me on nine different channels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know what I would say other than like I, I like now to have work to, at it, night. Yeah, I now uh, I. You know, how much do I work? Well, I answer comments on the payments that I make. Now, I put emojis <laughs> on the bottoms of my payments. Um, on Venmo. We're in the people smart section. How would you describe your personality? Nobody knows how to do that. How, yeah. I mean, I guess if they're asking this is like you how so you would do much. it. This is but so I don't much. think I could. If I someone don't know. Can, I mean, if someone does well... I hope I don't know how much for, how forgiving they are because if someone does well at this, they're a serial killer, right? Yeah. Like if someone yeah, can make it, it through this barrage and not have a real fuck up, they're say the wrong thing. If somebody asks you what your personality is like and you smile at them and you go, "I'm just a people person," <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like what? You do have I'm, to be a certain kind of phony. Is uh, the word? Yeah, exactly. Be a certain kind of phony to answer. I've always considered right. myself an empath. <laughs> I can. I always know how everybody in the room feels. Um, if you asked me, I've always had a handle on every situation. Well, I hate myself generally, yeah. so I'm a hateable person, I guess. Anxious, uh, I, anxiety. I, I, I like to, you know, I love my shows. I love to sometimes spend 72 hours in bed watching Netflix. We got three left here. What do you do that others in your personal life might find annoying? That's this is one. how is that an interview question? This is awful. This is like give me all the dirt. This is just like upfront. What am I not gonna like about you? Tell me the truth. Yeah, and what is the answer to that? What like, is I, the, I, wait, wait, say the question? Say it again. What kind? What do you do that others in the your personal life might you gotta ask annoying? That. Here's the thing. Um, call my girlfriend. Call my wife and ask her. Okay? Call my I friends. Know. I can like. I, I'm gonna say this. One billion percent. All of your friends are saying bad things about your back. That's what happens to everybody. Like all of your friend groups are talking shit about each other. I have no idea what they're saying about me. Yeah. I know people go home all every single time they hang out with me, and they're like. Yeah, you know, he's just being Brett, though. <laughs> and they're like, I know. He you was in, like, full effect tonight. You know, people <laughs> do that. People do that. And they, they know. And I accept that. That's what, that's humanity. That's community. That's, that's all of it. That's, that's friends. what friends are. And you don't and you'd have like- to, but you'd have to talk to them because, to be honest, I think if I said it to them, they would be fucking shocked. Yeah. Right? Like, they wouldn't be so fucking surprised to some of the, like, wow, that, 
That really hurts. Yeah. Yeah, you really well, fucking it, got me. Exactly. Nobody at this table knows what. No. I mean, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm avoiding all of the stuff I don't like about myself. <laughs> oh, I I'm know. Not, I'm I know not addressing what I, that. I know what I don't like about myself, but I don't know if other people you don't hate know the, that. You, you don't know the externalities of that behavior. Right. You don't right. know what Drew, it, being Drew, is. Right. What, I don't right. know what right. cost he the was cost Brian. on the rest of us to that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know when somebody says, oh, he was Brian, like, I think. I have a better idea than a lot of people because people say it to me a lot, like as part of my job. But even then, it's like, who knows that? I mean, they probably think I'm putting on a show. It's all the time. And it's it absolutely unimportant. And yeah. why? How would you know? Yeah, it, to me, that's why I would say is is absolutely unimportant to me. The thoughts of other people. It just is doesn't have. It doesn't make well, sense for me and where my life is going to take the consideration of people that what the people are saying behind my back. Like and like, here's the other thing, dude. So if somebody said to me something about Brett and we were like kind of annoyed and we're like, oh, that's Brett. I still like Brett. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. those annoying things don't mean anything. And and like there are things that like exist that then. It doesn't matter because I like you. Yeah. Like, we're friends and it doesn't fucking matter. It's, it's, it's I, it doesn't have any bearing on See, like, that, that but, relationship. But are they getting like, are they getting basement level drinking IPA deep at this fucking no, job interview? Not, Can no. you really talk about it? Are you allowed to really jam like this? At a job interview. That's true. You have to think like, of this. What's the fucking meaning of all this shit? Yeah. You know? Oh, and like, Brett, what, are, I, what are we getting at here? Like, you know, do I have access to that knowledge? Could I ever know? Like, how, how, <laughs> I mean, maybe through monitoring, you'd have to do, you'd have to break like a level of trust and record people to find out what they're saying about your life. You'd have to like put cameras in their fucking house to know, because there would be no way that they would ever give you the uh, the raw dog shit. You know, like the real thing. <laughs> True. I I like the idea of telling an HR person because I I, <laughs> I know I used to do all these I used to interview for jobs in corporations and corporate HR people are like fucking I know they're like fucking lizard people yeah, I mean I, I know I mean, I've I've actually I have done job interviews I, I I there was a time the last job I had was at a startup and I had enough clout to the point where I got to interview people. And you did kind of see people do – it was like you could tell song and dance people and some people just had no idea and some people were just going through the motions. It is like – it is weird because someone is thrown in front of you and, and then – you're trying to figure them out. And you're trying to figure out what it, where it's going, you know. And they're trying to prevent you from figuring out what's <laughs> oh, wrong yeah, with yeah. them. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. They can't they're like – they're like trying to – Trying to dodge and weave. Yes. Yeah, it's absolutely. All showy. It is a hard, it's a challenge. And Here's also, a- if you came, Brett, if you came to an HR person and they said, what do you think other people find annoying about you? And you said, I take into account 0% what other people think about me. They would be like, <laughs> yeah. they would be like well, we're going to keep your resume on file. Yeah, that is an asshole move. You're right. I mean, I do. Like, I don't, it's got me where I am today, but I mean, it will yeah, not I, work no, in a job I, interview. I, well, it does, I, yeah, also, and, I also do, but it's like, you can't, you couldn't say that to an agent. What if they don't want that? There's like, another trap. This next that, question like is the, another trap, too. Okay. Uh, what kind of people annoy you the most, and how do you deal with them? Okay, now this is fun. <laughs> it's fun. This is like, a, a let's trap. go in on somebody. Let's, like, really fucking beat somebody up, right? 
Right, but I don't think they want you to do that. And what is then, it? Like, I don't even like the idea of answering this question. What to annoys somebody. you about people? I'd start what doing the Birdman. I'd be like, you? oof. I'd be like, let me tell you. Yeah. Let me tell you <laughs> so many things. What kind of people annoy you? I feel I like hate that's an odd I mean, question. Yeah, this is this is a stupid one. It's a trap. Uh, it, I mean, it's one where you basically it, it is like going off like I hate it when like people you know. The start time's 4 p.m. and people are clocking in at 4:03. I'm like, what the hell? I've been, <laughs> I've been here since 3:45. Why the? Why aren't you clocked in yet? <laughs> I like that answer. That's, though. that's like oh, the best that's answer. So good. I'm, I'm, <laughs> people who don't work as hard as me. Yeah. That's the this is why me. I never got any fucking jobs because people <laughs> well, like Brett were rolling in. I'm and They're like, liar. on time is late to me. <laughs> He's a oh. salesman. You know, I am a sleaze bag. All right, here's our I last just, one. Silver tongue. Whatever you want to hear. <laughs> Can you give me an example of how you've demonstrated empathy to a teammate? Yeah, so, okay. you know, I don't really know. Yeah, I don't. You know, know. I, how do you answer that? It's like when I was a cable guy, if they would have asked me that, I probably would have said something mean about the word empathy. <laughs> what are we doing what, here? What are you, uh, Let's put our headphones in, guys. We're going to do one last thing before we go on vacation. Wait, what was the question again? Uh, empathy towards a teammate. Name a time where you've had empathy towards a teammate. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's a. I don't know. That's an easy. I don't know. Once again, just think of something. Is there's enough TV shows you can copy from? I don't <laughs> I like know what it is. I don't know what it is TV. about myself, but like, um, what I would say is that, you know, when it comes to telling lies, you should. You should not feel ashamed if you copy from your relatives, if you copy from acquaintances. From TV. It, well, not, I mean, TV sometimes can be too obvious. But, but people like, think TV is real. But sometimes you know of a very dramatic story that happened in an acquaintance or a friend of a friend. You just adopt that yourself. And that is a good way to like win the favor of a job and your employers and all that stuff. Yeah, taking like somebody who you admire or yes. like and just just saying I did that. Yeah. Well, and that it's, that, I'm serious. And that's it's I'm realistic because that actually happened. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. That's the answer to honestly how I made it through all this stuff is people like, you know, how did you make it through this job? And it's like, well, somebody told me this story one time about how you know, every, they fucked up everything at work and then they turned it around. I'll just tell their story as my own. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> that is then, so good. You know, I mean, you're just trying to get a job. You're just lying to HR in a situation where you're supposed to lie. Right. Like this is none of this well, is they immoral. Just, but they want to be, they have to be, they want, they are, in order for them to get a paycheck, you have to say the right phrases. You yes. have to answer in the right way. And then they are cleared and they can let you in. And then once again, whatever and, happens after that, they find out how your shit fucking and, and plays then out. At, yeah. the, at the end of the day, you're going to you're gonna do the fucking job. You're going to do what they tell you to do. And you're That's for me was the same thing as like, uh, you know, I disagree with everything that's going on here. Um, I live a completely alternative lifestyle than everybody here. But I also show up and do the emails and click the stuff in the boxes that you want. So... I mean, I'll just tell you what you want to hear. I mean, yeah. that's all. If that's all you want, 
I'm, and they have 90 I'm days. Gonna, that's all anybody yeah. in this world wants. You've got 90 days to, for them to figure it out, too. So you usually got to put that show on from interview to 90-day probationary period. But I and, always, then, and you turn the show and off I do, immediately. And, and I then say, after that, the sports drinks start flying out the door. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like 90 days. I mean, you have to. I, I want to say, like, really, if you're, if you're going to try to get yourself in, you dedicate your life to a job for 90 days. Like you really yeah. do the right thing and spend all of your time and let them know that you're thinking about it constantly. And once you've set that first impression, coast, coast, coast yeah. from there, from you've bought yourself years of like sleeping on the clock, set, scheduling meetings that are like two hours before the end of the day. And then you can just leave all of it. 90 days. Cause they're all they're going to think about is like, God damn, that guy just is like always, you know, he's really <laughs> glad to have this job. He's just always thinking about it. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Brett sent an email last night at one in the morning about that new project. I was pretty impressed. But like six months from now, uh, I'm not available right yeah. now. I'm not available. <laughs> They're like, oh, well, we want to know, man. We really know. You helped out with that project at 1, in the, 1 a.m. that one time. <laughs> that is true. It is the 90-day thing because – I worked real hard on my first 90 days at, at the cable company. And then, like I said, I was like, I worked there for seven years and couldn't get fired. Like, if you're looking to get in at a big, giant corporation and work in the corporation doing, you know, kind of the just the job to the mill, which was all I was ever looking for. I was never looking for management. I was never looking. I just wanted a job that I did the job. And yeah. at the end of the day, I got to go home. Right, That's right. all I ever was looking for. And uh, it just, if you want that, it really just is dedicate your life to it for 90 days, do all the right <laughs> shit. And then when you get on the other end of that, that's the impression they have of you. Yeah. You know, they're like, this is the guy, you know? Yeah. All right. Wonder uh, kid. Yeah. <laughs> we're going on vacation. So I thought we'd do a little extra time here and okay. uh, we're going to listen to Mike Rowe. We get paid overtime for this. This is overtime. Yeah. We're, we're going to listen to Mike Rowe for a few minutes. Canagar. And- Hear what he has to say. All right. So uh, he's our mortal enemy. He was on Tucker Carlson. <laughs> oh, wow. And uh, let's hear it. Let's hear it for the boys. Well, if you look tough. carefully, you'll see subtle signs of decay throughout our society. <laughs> Starbucks, for one example, recently announced that going forward, oh, it's, its oh, seats and bathrooms will be open to non-paying customers. Hold on. Go back. Go back. Yeah. This is a very weird. Uh, okay. You ready? Yes. I'm going to start over. The buffering. If you look carefully, like... you'll see subtle signs of decay throughout our society. Starbucks, for one example, recently announced that going forward, its seats and bathrooms will be open to non-paying customers. It's bad oh news if you want to bring your kids there. Pretty good news if you're a vagrant. Jesus Meanwhile, Christ. in New York, a couple had to evict their 30-year-old son from their basement because he refused to move out. Many defended his decision to live there forever. Mike Rowe is the host of the TBN so show. Somebody's got to hear what Mike Rowe has to say about soon. He just spoke to us about these stories is... and how they may be connected. Here it is. Here we go. Joining us today, well, Mike Rowe. This, Good to see you, Mike. This is a wild ride. Tucker, how are you? Couldn't be better, but bewildered. And maybe you can clear this up. Starbucks announcing you, you no longer have to buy anything. They are. So this whole thing that we just got rushed into. Yeah. Is they're trying to paint America as this topsy-turvy place right now? Yes. 
Because of bathrooms? Well, because <laughs> Starbucks is letting people Can you believe it? pee in Starbucks <laughs> if they didn't buy coffee first. Is that the premise? It? That's it. Starbucks will take your pee and poop for free. <laughs> 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 it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. You don't have to buy a coffee. You know, the coffee makes me shit, to be honest. Uh, the coffee's old me off, always made me shit. That's why the bathrooms are on site. If you're not eating, the, drinking the coffee, you aren't shitting. Right. Well, is the is are they they are truly they're real people that are angry that you have to spend money to use the bathroom if you've left your house. Like, right. That is what they're saying, and they're not available anywhere else. I mean, DC is a place that really has no available bathrooms, but Starbucks is a good place to go. Well, actually, now I've been to a few in other cities. I think I was in Portland. I, Oregon, and I had to ask for the code. Now they'll give There's you the code. There's a lot of codes, yeah. But they'll put a lock on the door. I mean, to we got white privilege. We can. We don't have to spend money to use the Starbucks. Right. Bathroom. Sure. I mean, I just spend the money though. So uh, let's see how Mike this Rowe is... reacts to that and Dude. a kid who lived with his parents till he was thirty, and then they tried to kick him out, so he took him to court. What do we? Do? <laughs> I, I, I mean, this makes this makes me so apathetic. All right. <laughs> Let's hear Mike Rowe. Let's hear what he has to say. He's got the and top button on To lounge around. He's on vacation. It's stores or use the bathroom. Meanwhile, 30-year-olds are suing to stay in their okay, parents' here we basements. Go. Here They're we go. not. These stories connected. Do they tell us something bigger about where the country is going? Dogs and cats living together. Exactly. exactly. Um, what weird. is this? Look, I weird. personally, I, I'm in the midst this right now of doing what I do every year, which is try and give away work ethic scholarships. Right. It gets yes. harder. He is in the middle of giving away his work ethic scholarships, uh -huh, uh -huh. in which you have to demonstrate. He's going to explain this. He's going to explain how to get a micro work ethic scholarship. And I guess we should know that he thinks there's six million jobs open throughout the world and, <laughs> and that we're just missing out, uh, that people won't take them. So here we go. Come on, Mike. Every year. So, um, wait, wait. I, it gets harder to I, give I'm, away money? Well, now we've that's... given away five thousand dollars of five million dollars over the last five years. And yes, every year it gets increasingly difficult to affirmatively reward work ethic. <laughs> There's some Christ. things my scholarship requires you okay, to do. That's requirements. That's not true. Requirements. Write essays and make videos and sign a sweat pledge. And you sign people a sweat pledge. are often confronted with these hoops through which I ask them to leap, they take uh, what you call umbrage at that. And I find it I find it fascinating. It doesn't bother me so much because I understand <laughs> that a valuable thing is almost always a thing that's in demand and work ethic is very much in demand. Well, but to answer your question, why is it harder? Oh, I'm sorry. To Wait, find so it? What it I so think what that is probably does have something to do with the expectations that have pays evolved for? out of the safe space movement, which you've done. The safe space well, movement. Well, pause it, pause it, pause it. We're paused. So... He does he hand out what does he hand out money for? What's his organization do? So basically, he hands out scholarships for apprentice. So like you want to go to like so motor school, JDI or whatever. Yeah, you want to go to you want to be a welder. He'll hand you 
Because he, you know how he if, thinks that nobody wants to be a plumber. If you're charismatic and you can make a video, and if you have <laughs> the writing skills to do like a groveling type letter <laughs> that you sufficiently beat yourself, like yeah. any good resume process, like any good interview, you beat yourself. You say, I, you know, you know what I know people would say about me is that I'm just too bullheaded, you know, and I always want my way and. <laughs> Make everything, you know, I think a lot about what people hate about me, and I agree with them, <laughs> to be honest, because I'm hardworking, and I'm ready to accept nothing for everything. <laughs> <laughs> nothing for everything is a shirt. Yeah. That's the one. That's what you got to give. And he's saying... That's sweat, baby. That's how you sweat. And the way he talks that bothers me is that he really does act like... There's all these people out there that don't want to be a plumber. Not, and that to me, I can't even I, imagine. I have emails. I have emails, lots of them, from electricians, from linemen, from pipe fitters that are making like forty-one fifty an hour on the regular, living in Montana, living in anywhere that isn't like a fucking major metropolitan city that are doing just fine, and people are getting hired to be electrical. To do all of that shit. People are making money in those trades. Very small sector of what we do, but it is available. I mean, it is right. available and well, plumbing is people do everywhere. it. There's there people need plumbers, people need that stuff. So like I I think that the people want those jobs. I wanted a plumbing job. And I mean, yes, there shouldn't be fucking hoops between someone who wants to learn and do the work. And becoming a plumber, but they're fucking are. They're just are hoop a lot of fucking hoops, and you got to work for a lot of fucking assholes, and you got to make no money. And, and then what? And this, this the off the, the shitty, shitty thing, thing about, about this, this is that he's setting you up for schooling, and you're going to get certified in something that has been just pared down to contract work. Like you're not getting yeah. like a full like pension, a full time union, like, right? Big time job. Right. They'll yeah. teach you how to work on a car and then send you to Meineke to do, you know, oil changes and shit. Like there's no there's no guarantee that we're going to respect these trades and pay, you know, these people that go through this process anything what they're due. You know, he's funneling people into it. It's like the for profit colleges is what he's doing. It's like, I'll teach you how to do medical billing transcription so that you can make $16 an hour instead of all these scrubs at McDonald's that are making $9 an hour. <laughs> yeah. That's what he's selling. That is well, what Mike, he's selling. Well, Mike Rose explicitly anti-union, isn't he? He's not he's, anti-union. He, he thinks people are against hard work if they're you if they're yeah. pro union. He just mm. won't say specifically right. that he's a anti union. He's anti union. He has to yeah. be. Yeah. Let's hear let's hear uh oh go ahead. I don't know. I, I really should do a deeper dive on that. No, but I've read him about you. There's just yeah, it's it's not good. He's not he's just he just thinks he's one of those guys that just he believes in something. He's a belief like me and Brian do a lot of utopia building and like, you know, playing around and being imaginative in his world. Like there would never be a need for a union because some, 
guy would be making so much money at his job that he would be like, thank y'all, man. Y'all are my crew. You do make all my money for me. That's why I take care of you. <laughs> That's why you can get right. the extended cab truck. You know, That's why he got groceries in the house. You don't have to go four times a week. You know? well, in his <laughs> world, you're thanking them for the work, and I don't think it even th- matters in what his, you're paid. In, in his, his world, work. it's just like, Hey, will you teach me how to do this? Will you send me up the river to be a, a, a grease jockey at a fucking 1495 oil change place? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's about penitence. It is. It's it is. about it is. begging All of it is. and penitence. It's waspy yeah. fucking like weird, um, like flogging yourself. Yeah. yeah. Let's hear him. Let's hear him out. Done. A lot to talk about on your program, and I'm starting to think that maybe there is a link between the expectations a patron might have in a Starbucks, vis-a-vis the expectations a squatter who just happens to be genetically tied to you might have vis-a-vis what? the basement. He thinks your son can dwells, actually be et cetera, et cetera. a squatter you know, in your I mean, house. Of all the and divides I, in the country, I think you could probably make a pretty interesting guy. case that there's a fissure running through the expectation of what happens when we elevate safety islands, and dude. feelings to a level of uh, primacy? Like I think it creates a real He's disconnect a that people are struggling to parse. Well, wait a Here second. We go. Are you saying that safety isn't the most important Here thing? Here we go. Ever? Hold on. Wait. So what is that? He just said, are you, so basically what, did what Micro he's just saying say? is I can boil it down to this. Please. He's Simmer. trying to give people a bunch of, he's trying to give people great jobs. That exists definitely right. where you sure. get a bunch of money, For sure. and the reason that they CDL. don't want them is because they have the expectation that they could do something great because they've been spending time in safe spaces. That is exactly the uh, way he says that there's a sort of there that people he thinks that people have too high of expectations for what their life should be, right? Unless they're you know, Willing. working until they're dead. You yeah. Know? I mean, and, uh, uh, some it, people like us, God chooses us to be, you know, <laughs> celebrities and, you know, get people that are storytellers for the rest of you, the slovenly, <laughs> uncleansed masses um, that are going to end up toiling for decades until you eventually <laughs> yeah. get carcinoma. Absolutely. So he thinks that safe spaces cause an expectation. Like, it's a fake environment, spaces, right? Which aren't, you know, I mean, these things, it's weird. Let's like, talk. Yeah. I mean, safe, what? It, it's college campuses where yeah. people, he, he, this is somebody going on national television that is concerned about a conference room at a university <laughs> in Michigan where a bunch of, you know, non-men identifying people want to have a meeting and kind of talk about what things that they want to do together. This is what these people are concerned about. Yeah, well, like they're, they're all in hysterics about this. This this threatens right their livelihood as TV presenters <laughs> right. somehow. Yeah, and it's weird. It is weird that like they are concerned about what happens in a coffee shop. Right. That. People just hang There's out a, in that calls itself an inclusive, safe space. Right. They act the like, fem night at the bike co-op is like, well, what, what if I want to work on my bike that night? You know, it's like... <laughs> There's six other nights. Yeah, yeah. There's also the day, be- the day, like just this <laughs> one night. I mean, these guys think that they seem to extrapolate what happens in those places 
as being everywhere. Right. And every person younger than them that's not a plumber or a fracking company, like well, a <laughs> crane operator, everybody that's not doing that are, are there the, they're, they're in a safe space and then yeah. you're not allowed to say certain things and you're not allowed to do certain things. This is Satanism know? to them. This is the new state. This yes. is, this is people congregating. This is women, non-binary people congregating, harnessing dark energy where, you know, the male, malehood and, uh, you know, machismo is not included. Patriarchy. Yeah. There's well, no it's, patriarchy it's in even, this. Yeah. And this is like, this is creating some sort of rift in existence <laughs> where now we're going to go off the rails. So you're saying that if if three non-male people get together in a room, that that means nobody wants to be plumbers. This is fucked. <laughs> right, right. That is true. That is their whole thing. So let's... Uh, let's All of a sudden, they won't have babies with us. <laughs> that everybody wants to go home safe at the end of the day. Safety always would be a delightful bromide, a wise platitude. Yeah, Safety first is the stuff of idiocy. Why is it allows us to begin what? to believe that somebody other than us might care more about our well-being than we do. And the minute we buy into that nonsense, yes. then we embrace the warm grip of complacency. So no, safety is not the enemy, but if you guy. make it the priority, then let's just wrap ourselves in bubble pack and drive at speeds approaching five miles an hour and never assume anything that could ever be confused with risk. But doesn't he look at people what is this about? who want to be writers or people who want to do, they want to do get liberal arts degrees. Doesn't he view them as like making like that's, they had, they're not allowed to do that. No, they. That's have a to fool's make, errand. Yeah, they had. They or, or they actually, want a person because my dad, right? We've talked about this in the past. My dad always told me when I was growing up, like if I wanted to do something, he'd be like, "Ah, it's hard to make it there and shit like that." And uh, until I was in my thirties, I kind of that's how I saw the world. It was like I want to be a lawyer. Oh uh, well, it's like really hard to be a lawyer and make money, so don't be a lawyer and things like that. That was kind of how my dad thought, you know. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I enrolled in school and I went into a sociology program at Ohio State and uh, I with the goal in the end to get a PhD and kind of just be an academic. That was like kind of the goal I wanted to do and I thought I could do it. And my dad told me like, there's just like no money in that. And I'm like, but there is money in it if you're good at it. And, and you're like, you're the best at it. So like the way that he taught, I was taking a risk and betting on myself at that time in much the same way that somebody that decides to work in one of the trades is betting on their ability to do stuff too. I understand it's, a, I guess, an easier job to get. But again, if it was such a fucking easy job to get, yeah. there wouldn't be guys sitting in living rooms all over the country saying, God damn, I wish I could be a plumber or, or you know how much fucking welders make. Yeah, you know I, what I mean? You know, you know what uh, really bothered me about what he just said? So Mike Rowe focuses on trades. He focuses on, like you said, plumbers, welders, pipe fitters, you know, guys who do skilled labor, but it ends up being manual labor. He's conflating the idea of safe space 
which is basically in, in uh an environment where patriarchy doesn't hold down people that are not like straight white men. Yeah. He's conflating that to workplace safety, which is like if you are a plumber not working in a space that's going to expose you to like radon or poisonous yeah. gas or somebody's going to like weld right behind your head and burn your scalp or whatever the yeah. fuck. And he's it's just a job. Safety should be first. He's acting yes. like yeah, that yeah. Was you weird. don't get the work done. Safety should be the third safety choice. Is- Safety is the most important thing. Yeah, I don't want to fucking get killed at work. Yeah, and safety. Yeah, and safety to yeah. me includes like proper rest and like not overworking. Like you don't want people like driving equipment. You don't want people welding. You want people doing any sort of heavy equipment that are working over forty hours a week. You don't want people working overtime and like doing dangerous fucking jobs. Well, safety the- first. Safety, at, like the. Preservation of the life of the people involved probably is the number one thing for the job. Right, safety should be the most important. That's such thing a weird any job, especially he's just like, dangerous job. But he loves it. He just he's just like, <laughs> oh, think about these country he, people. They're just like born with a litter of seven of them, and, <laughs> and the boys go to war and they get all strong and shit, and come up, some of them come out with their arms blown off, and then the 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 pay, the the number one comes back and he goes and he works the mines and he makes all that money for him. <laughs> you know, it's such beautiful to me the way that other people give their lives so I can be on this television he's living a fantasy he loves like, it he has a it's, be- it's Cormac fantasy. McCarthy shit it's just like you know toxic masculinity like if you really just like go hard I mean it is I mean if you, you, know, if you if you give your life for it like it's just like it is like a crazy fucking ride I guess you're right I mean if you think about it some people are going to give up their lives to do so that we can get more fucking fracking material out of the ground and send it overseas to f- burn up more atmosphere. To, yeah, you, it should but safety he's should be into the number it. one priority, no matter what. You shouldn't be trying. Like nobody should die doing something dangerous that their job sort of. I'm not. I mean, some of it is dangerous. Yes, but nobody, nobody should like disregard safety no like a plumber shouldn't disregard no. safety. it's a fucking dangerous and, job and here's the thing you know what the top trade is the top trade in in i think 27 of the states in the country truck driver yeah yeah that's having a-, a commercial driver's license being a truck driver you're out there literally everybody else mike Rowe, that motherfucker's on the road mm-hmm. everybody else is on the road with the trucks if you don't respect safety you know, you might be the one that yeah. that you yeah. you know. Well, some th- guy's been driving for sixteen hours and he and he See, hits you because you don't respect it. Mike's the Mike Rose, the guy that's like, remember back in the day when they could just get a little bit of a little bump, man, and they could get the <laughs> job done and get some like, yellow jackets and drive all night. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, I mean, I don't mind if they have to take breaks. Well, he thinks the person that takes a break should be overtaken by the person willing right. to drive exactly hours. there's yeah. somebody that's that has to will to win yeah. right that will overpower yeah and that's 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 what he gets thing. a hard on at night he loves it here we go this is really deep when you say safety first you're assuming no i'm, I, I'm this is one of the many God. Unarticulated assumptions that govern our society and no one ever examines in the light of day. And you just did. So when you say safety, explain that a little bit more. When you say safety first, you're assuming that someone out there cares more about your well-being than you do. God, I want to see. But this is like, I know this is like 
Micro and this is what we're saying is that like the unionism safety briefings advocating for yourself through the first I do care seasons, about myself they... and I'm not going to do this job for this amount of money. I'm yeah. not going to push myself to the brink. I'm not going to do damage to myself and work 70 hours yep. a week. I'm not going to work six and seven out. It's like I'm standing up for myself. He doesn't want people standing up for themselves. He calls yeah. that crying. He calls that whining. Yep. He thinks that's people that uh, are entitled. Yep. That's what, that's the problem with our whole generation is that we started saying like, this is too much work for way little money. And it sucks. Yeah. It just, it's not it's, worth it. I don't want to be happy for it. I'm not, no, thanking I'm you not for this. It. I'm not grateful that I'm uh, sharing a place with five of my buddies, you yeah. know, and I just graduated from fucking college. You guys said that like you needed me to do stuff on the computer for you. And so I learned how to do yeah. that. And yeah. now you're paying me $26,000 a year. Yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, uh. They were very effective because we listened like this. We were very concerned. We were in a, a dangerous, hostile, unknown environment. But over time, the big safety first placards Fuck. and the yes. mandatory boxes that you have to check and the lockout tag out procedures these things start to sound like the teacher in charlie brown right it's wah 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 and and you stop listening so the unintended consequence of telling you that nothing is more important than your safety is the very dynamic that leads people to walk across fifth avenue when the little man says walk instead of looking well, you both know, ways uh, exactly he, i'm with you bro said, but like the he cops said, will get you yes you know what he like said it. He said, lockout, tagout. Have you heard of this? If no. you work in a factory, lockout, tagout means you have, let's say you have a big drum, essentially a big kettle where you can heat it, and it's got an impeller in it. It's got a giant fucking moving propeller in it, and it's like this steam-powered or air-powered motor because everything has to be explosion-proof. If somebody's working on it, they literally put a lock. It's like a padlock. It's called a lockout tag out so you put a tag on it so if somebody wants to operate that piece of machinery they have to go find you you put right, literally tag, your yeah. tag on it you say brian locked this because brian is working on the big choppy propeller mike rowe is saying that's bullshit people should get their hands chopped off occasionally because <laughs> it makes the factory more efficient right, that's what not... lockout tag out means in case <laughs> right. people don't know yeah. that is crazy. yeah and that Lockout tag out is a good procedure. Yes. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? This is this is a like in my that the most right? dangerous intersections in the world are intersections that have signs that tell you when to walk. So I'm with again, him, bro. I'm an anarchist in the way I'm like, wage. fuck We've talked all about it traffic lights hit rid of stop signs. People don't want to get hit each other. They will not hit each other. They'll figure it out just like they do in other places. Yeah, but that doesn't. I fucking my crowd with this. I have to say I fucking my crowd with this. So are there new are there safety briefings on your Parker new show? You've got one of the biggest idiot. digital shows that's ever been. Ooh, How much safety is in that show? <laughs> well, safety, like I said, is, is always present in everything I've done. Dirty job. Somebody's got to do it. Returning the favor. I mean, we, we, we yeah. always focus on going home in one piece. But part of doing that in my what world is, is to say safety I'm third. Not, I'm not a now, safe That's guy. controversial. You know, that makes people go, I'll what are you talking yeah, about? What's more important than safety? My, and now suddenly you're having a conversation my dad about something up. that will ultimately like my dad redound fucking gave to personal responsibility. Safety third like is just body. a way of cutting body through the warm there. milk and it's the soft tissue that makes everybody comfortable. And you have these assholes. I mean actuarial accountants. I mean HR. I mean 
insurance exactly. adjusters. And are just like, isn't it? You've done it. How many times have you gone on a plane, you know, and, and, and been told by the pilot want. that the most important thing? So cool. It is that is the thing. Is like you're you you see you see the finished what it does, how it spits you out on the other side when you're like fifty or sixty. Well, this and you don't have anything. Well, and this is on this is on Fox News, which is a a, a station that celebrates. That like America is becoming the number one exporter of uh, crude oil and like uh, all of that shit because of fracking. And they're like really – they think it's fantastic that we're getting like this D-level gasoline that we're sending overseas or whatever. And that that and these people are, love it and everyone that's doing the fracking is not going to make it past 60 fucking yeah. years old. Like no. they're inhaling shit no. that's going to dry them out from the inside, that's going to give them fucking lumps on the inside of their body. That's going to take – it literally sucking the breath out of them. Yeah, and Micro does He it. loves it. He's just like – Well, you, you know, know what you it know, is. I can't believe it. I sang opera one time. I gave my best performance as an opera singer, you know, like on a fucking stage that was powered by coal. Yeah. Because somebody gave them a goddamn <laughs> life some I, tap off i think that what they want is they want to have people and it's just a matter of class they want to take the lower class and say you want some of this yeah. you want some of the good life you have to be prepared to give your body for yeah. it they literally want a fucking pound it, of flesh and it, like you said maybe it's a pound of spinal tissue maybe it's degenerative discs no, Maybe th- it's, you know, uh, uh, black lung. Maybe it's mesothelioma. Maybe it's butter lung, right? And you right. shouldn't, and you should never complain about the hours you're working or the money you're making. Right. Yeah. That it, is his it's thing. The, it's, the, it's, the it's the tie through with the, like, all of the questions for the interview. And this is just like, you have, like, how much are you willing to give? You have to, like, once you're willing to break through and give everything of yourself, like then you will you'll find your place in the system, and you're and gonna gained, you'll get nothing for it. You've gained Micro and Tucker Carlson's yeah. fucking respect, but that doesn't <laughs> buy you anything you at all. You yeah, know? like you you come home at night, you know, you've been inhaling fucking corn dust all night long, and you're like, God damn, man, that that sexy motherfucker, you know what the. <laughs> Shirt all unbuttoned and everything, you know. I, I think he's kind of, I think he's kind of into me. You yeah, know? yeah. I you think he's got, he's got a, he's got a liking to me. That's all he, you he get. gets it. He gets it. You know, guys like me, uh, we just want to kill ourselves as long as we aren't sharing the fruits of our labor. You know, yeah. <laughs> God damn, I would hate for everybody to get a piece of this. I just want one guy like Mike Rowe to get everything. <laughs> just as long as I know there's a guy like Mike Rowe and Tucker out there. Just winning like crazy, you just know. Telling telling people how great I so am. So inspirational, you know. I do it for them, really. That's why I want to power all this for them. All right, it's we so did stupid. We did a long show for the last show. Drew was here, and it was very fun. They that's honest though. It's honest, right? What what they're doing? No, well. It's honest yeah. in a way. Micro, I don't. It's more. Honest. I can't figure my. I asked this when I, I did citations needed too. I truly don't know if he believes in what he's saying or if he uh, uh, gets marching orders from somebody. Because well, I kind he, of feel he like follows he follows metrics. Yeah, well, he's he a like, Coke He guy. knows what gets popped. He gets he money knows- from the Coke brothers. Like, oh. actual gets money from them. So, for me, it's like, does is he a libertarian or is he 
a guy that fucking likes money and keeps getting it to do his things because he works with like libertarian minded organizations, you know? Yeah. And that is, a, I mean, why wouldn't your fucking manager at your plant want to have Mike Rowe come in and give a talk? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like no, what you, would be the was, reason you, we not know who he was to... advocating for? Yeah. And he's yeah. probably making huge money to go to like, Different plant managers, different like big plumbing conglomerates or big, uh, big welding or I'm, I'm trying to think us uh, iron, iron working. He's probably getting paid money to go to these businesses and talk on behalf of the people that are doing the actual fucking work. And I really think he's, he, I think in his heart of hearts, he believes that he's speaking up for those people and that. But the things, I don't know if he truly believes that what he's saying because he gets he's, so much money for he's it. He's so right on the ball, though. Like, I think that for me, like, the Democratic reporting seems so fakey and they're trying to win Republicans over and they don't have any sort of, you know, the, the thing with the Democrats when you talk about all these jackasses that you tried to get us to guess tonight, like, none of them have any sort of ideology. But these people on this news station that is the biggest news in the country are so plainly like talking about the world. I think in a way that is the most honest, like they are talking about the people that get sent up and that, you know, uh, it's, it's interesting because safety first is something for folks with like that are here on Im that are, have immigrated here that don't have like legal status that are doing a lot of that. Those are the people that are working in like the meat industry and the produce industry and are signed up for like a we don't worry about safety attitude we just want money and this is also the same network that like demonizes those people like they play it both ways where but at the same time they're always selling this spirit and attitude of you are not worthy you're not one of the chosen one it's like a class system you know you're the person that just does whatever you can and hopefully you don't die in like a vat of toxic pig shit you yeah know? yeah <laughs> hopefully you're not the one that that unfortunately falls into a water treatment plant and you get you know you die hopefully you're not one of those people but you should be grateful that you have a chance you know just don't expect to be safe about it yeah i mean and, and we just have the resource i also think and these are these are pro-life people these are also yeah. people that think that every fucking little gummy bear you know that uh, a piece of sperm turns into is like precious. Yeah. These are pro-life people. Well, I, I, yeah. And I think that like, uh, I think that they're just doing it. I, they're doing these, these are they're cynical sell people, cynical selling people less and less. And Hey, and you're at least you're alive. I mean, you know, you're probably going to, you're not like one of us, you know, uh, unfortunately, but thankfully you'll get to work in service because they're you know, also for telling for them people that need stuff. What the, before we go, the, we got to wrap it up because we're at two hours, but oh. they are also the first ones to get mad when we say, well, if we redistributed the wealth and resources, we would have enough so that these people would be fairly compensated and not be struggling and hell you know maybe some uh, most of these trades you need a person because it takes a person to do them but maybe some of the automated stuff can just 
like these people don't have to damage their bodies. I, I think if you redistributed the wealth and resources, there was plenty. But the people like Micro, Tucker Carlson, like really wealthy people, they want to hold on to that. They want that money. They want to keep their hands yeah. on that. And if we started talking about redistributing money, the people that yeah, pay Tucker Carlson the, and Mike Rowe. Yeah, the people that pay Tucker Carlson and Mike Rowe. Th- those people, we're taking their shit. And right. they don't get to decide how it's doled out anymore. Yeah, And that's the kind of thing that that's, that's the message I want to have. I want to be the absolute anti-Mike Rowe. Save, safety first. Absolutely. 100% of the time. Yeah. Never not safety That includes, first. like, enough time between shifts so that you can get sleep. Like, none of yeah. this clopening bullshit ever again in the Maybe history of Maybe a four-day work. work week. I don't, I don't, you know, Mike Rowe tells you this idea. It's impressive. You know, some people, you know, work till 3 a.m. and then wake up at 6 and show there at 7. And they never <laughs> complain a bit, you know. Yeah. And it's like they're deranged and they've done <laughs> permanent damage to their brain at this yeah. point. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, well, thanks for listening to Street Fighter Radio. If you want to support what we do, you can do that at Patreon. We also are taking pre-orders on a shirt. The Guys and Gals and Non-Binary Pals t-shirt is happening uh, until July 1st. That's Monday, I believe. You can uh, pre-order the shirt, store.streetfightradio.com. The options for the shirt, you can either pay $0 plus shipping and handling. as That's the as-seen-on-TV prices. But uh, $0 plus shipping and handling, $14. Uh, or $28. That's the full price. The shirts are union made, union printed. The artist is getting prayed per piece. We're giving money to an LGBTQ youth center here. Uh, it's like thorough. Like I went all the way to make sure that this thing was a, a good purchase and a great place to spend your money. So store.streetfireradio.com. Um, unfortunately in this like bullshit ass society, you can't just walk around with your titty titties hanging out. You can't just not have a shirt on. People expect you to have a shirt on. So if you got to cover up, do it with one of our shirts, go to store.streetfireradio.com and take care of that. Um, we will be back. When are we going to be back? Let me be corny here for a second. Me and Brad have been doing this for a very long time and we've never taken a week off. And, uh, we're taking three off. We're going to be back July 17th. That show is a Wednesday. That is our first show back. Again, you will ha- we've re- pre-recorded a lot of stuff. Uh, thank you for making it possible for us to be able to do something like this. Like, at the beginning of the year, I was really burning out. And I felt like I was, like, really, I don't know, kind of, like, not kind of burning the candle at both ends and I just I don't I can't I just I feel like I'm always on mic and 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 I kind of was getting depressed and stuff and getting down about this and uh I planned this vacation in Jan in I think December and uh it immediately made me feel better like I had something to work toward cuz I just felt like I was kind of in this never ending I'm always working all the time and it's all the time. As soon as you wake up, you yeah. wake up at the fucking office. And, I mean, uh, you do too. You, yeah. you, you yeah. live at your office. I do. <laughs> you make toast. And then the 90 seconds that it takes for the bread to toast, you are replying to a tweet and sending an email. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, I just, I, I'm so glad that like, I've been so proud of our listeners, especially recently, uh, with, 
fundraising things and things like that. And I'm oh I'm yeah, just, I feel so great. Can I tell? Can I, can I interject sure. that? Did you hear? Did you know about this? Somebody wrote into the show, and I'm going to say this isn't a scam you can pull on me. This is like a once in a lifetime thing. But somebody wrote into the show, and they said that. They had sold the controllers for their Switch, but not the console, because they knew they would not be able to buy it back. Yeah. And I had mentioned that I was going to send them a controller. I sent them my own controller, but I wanted to send them a care package. Yeah. And I put the Venmo out there, and we had $1,000 in donations come in today. No shit. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to pay that fucking guy's rent now. So That That is fantastic. You know, you guys have accumulated... Like, seriously, the best and the coolest audience of anybody I've ever known, online or offline, just the folks who are out there listening to this and especially that are supporting you are, like, some of the fucking coolest, most down-to-earth people. So uh, you really yeah, you really do have something awesome. It's yeah. interesting. I'm proud of it. I, I just I see other shows mobilize their listeners to do stuff like get angry at people and yell at them online. And I'm really glad that our group of people mobilizes themselves to help each other. And uh, I mean, we're going to come back and I'll just say it before we go. Us and the Sam's and the Trillbillies are going to go on tour like two weeks after we get back. We're going to be down in the South. We're going to fucking go up. We're going to be with another show in at the end of August, no. early in, in Chicago. Yeah, and, let's, let's and announce it, Detroit. dude. We got the dates. So July 28th, Washington, D.C. We're going to be there. We're going to do two shows, I believe. We're going to be in Raleigh uh, on July 30th. We're going to be in Nashville on the 1st. Is it the 1st or the 31st? I don't know yet. We're going to be on Nashville the 1st or the 31st, and then we're planning on doing two shows in Atlanta, Georgia on August 3rd and August 4th. That's going to be the Trillbillies and District Sentinel. I just rented a giant van. It was a so much money, but it has an Xbox 360 in it. Okay. So we get to play video games. Means TV is going to be with us. Yeah, Nick and Naomi are coming. Nice. So uh, this is a big tour, and this is really important to us. So please come out. And, yeah. And like, I just want to say, like, I never thought I'd do anything like this. And I, I feel like a lot of gratitude for the listeners and the people that pay for this. And uh, I'm like, thank you. And uh, I will see you in three weeks. A fresh, unburnt out guy. And I feel I'm I'm really excited about it. Yeah. I love you all, and I'll still be on Twitter the whole fucking time. Yeah, we're gonna send a bunch <laughs> of information out about it. But uh, yeah, keep checking store.streetfightradio.com. That will have the tickets. Otherwise, the social media will be updated. We're just not gonna record the show, but you'll still get it if you subscribe to the podcast. We record we recorded a bunch of extra shows. Thanks for being here. Uh, I'm Brett. He's Brian. That's Drew. We'll see you in a few weeks. We're, oh, we'll see you on Friday at our live show, which is pretty much sold out. But we'll be at ComFest too. So get a hold of us and uh, we'll see you in a few weeks. We're Street Fight. Peace. Peace.